Hello and welcome to the We Are Geeks Horror channel and our Child's Play Retrospective podcast, where every Friday we'll be covering a new installment in the classic horror franchise. Warning, this podcast contains strong language and spoilers throughout. Go to weirdgeeks.com to check out our other podcast series, Twitch streams, contact details, and news on our very own feature films that are currently in production through our publisher, We Are Tessellate. We Are Geeks is not affiliated with any of the rights holders of the films referenced, and no infringement is intended. Geeks! 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 Hello and welcome Whoa. back to the We Are Geeks Horror Channel and this is our final Child's Play podcast where every single week we've been taking you through another episode in the classic slasher franchise and we're here right now at the wrap up which is my personal favorite part of doing any of these franchises I think because we just get to have a, a good old what do you call it knees up so we call it yeah knees up knees up knees up I'm your host Al White and joining me throughout this entire franchise has been Alexander Chard <laughs> And Alison Holland. <laughs> that was so good. I thought at this point in time I, I had to, to, I had to try, try a version of the Chucky laugh. Thank you, It was you, very good. Oh, guys. So seven movies. Pretty short for a horror franchise for us. Like uh, Friday 13th was, what was that? That is da, 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 12 movies. Nightmare on Elm Street was 10 movies. Is that right? Oh, no. Maybe less. Eight. Eight. Nine movies, I think. Eight, nine. Nine movies with the remake, yeah. So this is the shortest one that we've uh, that we've done in the big slasher f- series, but it still kind of feels like it's been a while <laughs> to me. But fuck me, I'm excited to be here to wrap up. So for people who are new to this, if you haven't listened to our other podcasts, every week we take you through one of the films and we do the entire synopsis and we like walk you through the entire plot with our commentary before we give all of our feelings at the end. On this one, in the wrap-ups, we're trying to like really give you one way. If you haven't listened to the others, you're fine. You can sit here and get a good overview of the entire franchise some little bits of trivia and then we're gonna like be picking out stuff like our favorite lead actors our favorite designs our favorite kills and then some other fun stuff we're going to throw in and then at the end of the podcast we're going to be doing our personal putting all the films in order putting them from worst to best for each of us and we don't talk about this off mic in fact none of us even talk off mic we don't even like each other so this is the only time we get to find these things out about each other. So I'm excited because Alex, I know your opinions have changed a little bit. What seems oh. to happen with these? We just did Star Wars and I know your opinions changed a bit doing that franchise. Yeah, that one that one really surprised me because I always felt that my Star Wars order rating was was locked in, but going through the franchise one by one certainly gave me some new perspective. Whereas with this there were quite a few that I hadn't seen. So that's why I was sort of gradually, it was constantly changing. And as I sort of could compare them to each other, it sort of things flipped around a lot. Yeah. Getting the landscape of Chucky. And Ali, mm. this was just for people who are jumping on board. This was your first time seeing any of these movies, wasn't it? Yes, it was. Once again. All brand Fresh new. eyes in every series. That's why we love you. Fresh eyes. Fresh eyes. Shout out to Alberto. So, okay. So let's just start simply with what was Charles play the basic facts about it again so this was actually created by a guy called Don Mancini who wrote it when he was at UCLA um sorry UCLA <laughs> I call it UCLA <laughs> UCLA, <laughs> UCLA. Uh, university in LA he was at film school there he actually wrote the original script I think it was part of I forget now but I think it was part of his um not what do you call senior it senior thesis yeah exactly right exactly and he wanted to write yeah I think so 
And he wanted to write... You can go back to our first episode to learn properly. <laughs> I'm just trying to recap. <laughs> and he really originally was trying to do something more psychological. It was about this little boy, and then he had this doll, and then these murders were happened, and you weren't meant to know if it was the boy or if it was the doll. And then it pretty quickly in pre-production turned into a proper full-out slasher. And then after the first film, they came out really quick. We had a couple of years to the sequel and then they had one every uh, one the next year and then those big, big gaps. But the reason why I think this franchise is so unique is that it's all Don Mancini. Don Mancini wrote all of these films, sometimes with his help, a lot of the time without any help. And he created nearly every aspect of this. There are a couple other people right at the beginning who sort of ingested a bit of like the voodoo stuff and some other little ideas uh, but this is definitely his baby and he's seen it through for the last 30 years as of now when Amazing. we're recording in 2008 that is 30 years since the first child's play movie and then he went on to direct three of the movies the last three films you could say it was and a job well done mancini <laughs> oh, oh very nice very nice i didn't bring my tiny drum set um, oh, I don't know if there's ever been a franchise though where that's happened. You know, you get a lot of stuff like producers are the same, and maybe like you know, there's, there's someone who comes in with all the money and then really gets passionate about it. We're going to get about that when we get to Halloween later this year for sure. But not an actual, not the creator sticking you could around say to a well, to a very similar degree, George Lucas with the first six Star Wars films. You could, you could. Yeah, and he, I mean, and he owned every single percentage of it. But I think with horror, it's very rare. I think with any franchise, it's rare. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, but with horror, I think it's very, very rare. And a lot of the times, to the detriment of, you know, many films. <laughs> there are like, there are, and I'm not saying with Chucky. I'm just saying a lot of the time, I think if the same, again, if you brought up Star Wars, you know, you keep the same creator involved for too long with a franchise. At some point, they don't have things to say anymore. Mm. And I think you need new perspectives. And that's been an interesting yep. ride, which we'll get to by the end. It's like, does Don Mancini still have something to say? Is he getting better? Is he getting worse? You know, with what he's trying to do with this franchise and where we want it to be. But yeah, okay. So before we get to all that, let's just very, very quickly run through what films did come out, what we've been talking about for the last uh, seven weeks. We had Child's Play, which was from 1988. It had a budget of $9 million. Then it was followed up by, in 1990 by Child's Play 2, which had a budget of $13 million. In 1991, only a year later, we had Child's Play 3, which was also $13 million. And then, as we talked about in the Child's Play 3 podcast, some really sad, tragic events happened in real life. They were part of the reason for the series to stall at that point. And it wasn't until 1998 it came back reinvented as a Chucky film. Uh, so we had Bride of Chucky. It cost $25 million. And then 2004, we had Seed of Chucky, which cost $29 million. The most expensive Chucky movie to date is Seed of Chucky. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then we had Curse of Chucky in 2013 after a really long uh, nine years of absence. That was done on 5 million and that was technically the first one to not have a proper theatrical release. That was straight to digital, straight to Netflix services and stuff like that. And then I was followed up at the end of last year, 2017, with Cult of Chucky, which I've just found out recently, apparently also cost the same amount at $5 million. So they're at their lowest budget ever with the last two films, which um, has to, I don't know, it's got to hurt as a creator <laughs> when you've been playing at points for $29 million. That was his first film he directed, $29 million. And now he's playing with five million per film. So yeah, it's got to be a little painful. Yeah, a tiny bit. <laughs> Would you guys <laughs> like to guess which film has had the biggest return? 
So that doesn't mean the biggest growth. So this is the problem I think the public, I know us three know, but I think the general public sometimes gets confused with some of these figures. I see a lot of people arguing on Facebook about numbers and stuff with things. The growth doesn't matter. All that matters is that return on investment. So talking about the budgets that each of these films just cost to make, the growth that they had back, I've gone through and worked out what return that means from the worldwide grosses. Would you like to guess which movie you think made the most money on the investment? I'm going to say Bride of Chucky. Bride of Chucky from Alan. I'm going to say, uh, I'm going to go the first one. First one from Alex. Well, you're both, you're both close. Uh, Alex gets it. Child's Play 1 was the biggest return with 35 million just over that um, return. And that, again, is just a box office. We're not talking about VHS and Beto where it would have made a ton of money. But Ali, you're pretty close. The second, second most is indeed Bride of Chucky. With 25 million, well, 25 and a half million return. But you've got a bigger budget there. That's the problem. Ah. They both had comparable worldwide grosses. In fact, Bride of Chucky did better worldwide, but bigger budget. That's the problem. Uh, Can you guess which film had... uh, We can't tell with the last two, because it's a problem with straight to digital. You don't really get accurate numbers. But of the films that went to cinema, can you tell which one maybe made the least money? Seed. Yeah. You are correct. Seed is the only one to not make a return at the box office. It actually was minus four and a half million dollars at the box office from its budget. Don Mancini's favorite, as uh, you've mentioned. (laughs) Well, yeah, he I mean, he stands up for it. He he generally thinks it's a good film, but he appreciates people don't like it. Oh, uh, by the way, also on our last podcast, we're talking about Cult of Chucky and I kept, I kept getting a bit annoyed about the fact that it was called Cult of Chucky because I felt it was misleading from what the word cult meant. I actually went away and looked up a few dictionary definitions to see whether it backs us up or whether Don Mancini knows stuff that we don't know. So here's the technical definition of cult. It is a system of religious veneration and devotion directed toward a particular figure or object, which to me is not what Cult of Chucky is about at all. Yeah. Again, I feel the cult would be if the people in the mental institute were worshipping Chucky. Yeah. And like you were saying, Alex, doing things for his bidding or whatever. Yeah. So I guess unless you're talking about the extra dolls that he embarled himself into, they're worshipping him. But I don't even see them as worshipping him either. They're just kind of... Yeah. They're an extension the of himself. Like... Yeah. So I'm, I'm loving Don Mancini and I have a lot of respect for him actually throughout this franchise. But he might want to get a dictionary. Ooh... <laughs> <laughs> fighting <Ooh>. words <laughs> all right Burn. let's get into some of our actually sorry no let's let's quickly just skip through then some of these films just get a little paragraph so people can catch up with our feelings on these films first child's play movie i really enjoyed this movie when we watched it like i i, I felt like an old-fashioned 80s slasher film uh, without many of the slasher tropes it wasn't it's it's pretty trashy for sure but it's, it's one of those things like being filmed in 35 millimeter just feels more filmic you know and i like how slow the build-up is before they finally reveal chucky i think he's got a good balance in this one of being spooky and funny because he hadn't become chucky chucky yet there's loads of dumb elements here the acting's not great the kills aren't that you know incredible but he has melty facey chucky at the end you know when he all burns up and stuff and i fucking love that so I enjoyed this movie when we watched. Alex, I know you had, you had the most troubles with this one, didn't you? Yeah, I was... I guess I hadn't sort of... Coming into it, I hadn't really... I didn't know where the bar was at yet, as far as Chucky <laughs> films. Were you too hopeful? And I, and I had I had vague memories of Child's Play 2. 
um, and three, which I saw as a kid. And yeah, and I, I sort of watched this and I was I was a little disappointed. I thought it was, yeah, just a bit trashy, just really poorly acted in some parts. And, and I found myself laughing a lot at it rather than sort of laughing with it or having fun or being scared. But my opinion of it has really, really changed since we've got through this franchise. And I actually watched the trailer for it again this morning. And it's a cool little film. I, I won't sort of reveal where it is in my rankings yet, but I I definitely value it far more now, having got through the franchise. Yeah, for what it is, I think it's like just a nice, clean, cleaner story that's well executed and definitely playing. I love that play of, of tension of of revealing Chucky. And, and I really like Andy, despite what Ali feels about him. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I, I, I actually really appreciate this film now as a as a introduction to the franchise is that to credit of the film or is that just that the rest of the franchise was so much worse than you thought it was going to um, be <laughs> no that's that's Stay to, tuned. that's the credit the film i think it's well yeah and also the franchise i guess i think like <laughs> the problem like with, with 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 any franchise with any franchise as it progresses you you either build or add to the mythology and in this, it's just really condensed and obvious because it's the first film. So it's like, it just feels much neater and more concise as far as what it's trying to do and has a nice, clearer arc for yeah. each of those characters. It's the only film without all the muddled mythology and stuff. Yeah. So so I, I appreciate it for that. And and I do like its kind of 80s aesthetic. Yeah. So I, I value it much more than when I saw it. Yeah. I Ali. think it's important to note that Alex was coming off of Star Wars franchise and I was coming off of a Texas Chainsaw franchise. <laughs> so for me, I remember watching this first movie thinking or being so impressed with how well set up the movie was. Oh, it's watchable. And thinking, thinking the screenwriting was so smart because I didn't have any questions <laughs> and I understood who the characters were and their relationships to each other. So I thought it was brilliant. And then I came home and reflected and realized, oh, no, most movies do that and they should do that. So <laughs> for Alex coming <laughs> off of Star Wars, a film that does set up characters and has traditional, well, I guess like traditional storytelling in terms of giving you background. No, so he, I guess, coming into this was expecting <laughs> to start in one place and get better and you were probably not pleasantly surprised <laughs> so what you were saying were you you've been institutionalized by the weird geeks horror channel whereas alex has been out of it for a little bit so. <laughs> yeah well he yeah he was he's doing podcasts he just did it he did star wars instead of texas chainsaw yeah yeah i mean which yeah, are two very horror. different yeah for sure for sure so yeah i remember really liking this because i thought it did a great job of telling me what was happening but I also remember really liking like the POV shots of like us being Chucky. So like the camera running down the hallway with the little footsteps and the sound design, not being sure if it was a lack of resources that they weren't able to show the doll running because they couldn't afford it or if it was just a creative decision, which of course it was just them building tension, which I ended up liking even more. So I really liked it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. And then we had Charles Play 2. This is one Alex was looking forward to. I really didn't like this at the time. I think when we're watching it, it was like, it, it very quickly does a left turn into just stupid. 
cartoonish. I have to say, and I said it over the next few podcasts, I kind of look back on it and I keep going, that's the one I want to go back and watch again, just because it was so dumb and cartoony and weird. And I did like Carl in it, to be fair. And Andy, you know, was, fi- was fine in it as well. Like, I, I, I don't know, there's something about that one where I really didn't like it when I watched it, but I'm really curious to go back again because I don't know, Already? maybe... Yeah, I am. Like, maybe it's more fun than I thought it was just because I was looking. I knew what I was looking for with this series and I had seen them all before, but it had been, you know, a long time. So, yeah, I felt let down at the time, but that's the one I'm most likely to go back to uh, as of now. Anyway, (laughs) yeah, I mean, I was I was very much the lone wolf in this podcast because I I really liked it. And I think it, it is because. Yeah, I mean, for me, there was it was full of nostalgia because it was what I'd seen when I was younger. And yeah, it's super cartoony and, and just wacky at some points. But but for me, I felt there was still a balance of sort of just very kind of classic horror techniques and and then with the fun and comedy. And I had fun compared to the first one. I had fun with this one. And I really liked Kyle. I thought I thought it was an interesting turn sort of halfway when it sort of became her story as much as Andy's. And I liked that. Yeah. I just had fun with this one. Yeah. That's it. I like it. (laughs) I still like it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I was kind of on the same page as you, Al, with this one where I wasn't enjoying it much, especially coming off of the first one. I really liked the first one a lot more. I loved Kyle. I thought Kyle was an awesome character and I still really like Kyle, but I, my main problem with this was a big problem because it was a big part of the film, which is, as I'm sure you're both going to guess and laugh at, was <laughs> I didn't think Andy did well in the tense situations, which is hard when that's your main character and that's who you're supposed to be siding with. It kind of took me out every time that there was a tense situation with him in it because I wasn't really buying it. So, yeah, I kind of am in the somewhere in the middle with this movie. Funny you yeah. say that because Alex Vincent. Yay. <laughs> oh, no, sorry. We <laughs> wish. He heard what you said and he doesn't want to come out. Yep. Yeah, His official figured. response, Ali, was, no, I'm not going anywhere near the Alice in Holland. <laughs> putrid opinions on my child acting. You know, people can't take the criticism. Yeah, if we haven't been saying much about narrative of the first two, it's because there really isn't much narrative. The first one is a kid gets a doll and doll kills people. Second one is doll still killing people. The third one really is where it gets a bit different because we basically get child's play on a military school. And it is where Don Mancini himself said it was coming too quick. He was writing it while they were doing child's play two. And he had sort of was running out of ideas. Yeah, this one's weird because I remember having like, I have, I liked the way this one was filmed more than two. Like, actually, it started off with some sort of sophistication in there, and there was some proper sort of tones. It felt more filmic. But it really just goes nowhere, and it does... It has a couple of cool moments in there. I kind of like that it was being a bit more somber, but it doesn't have any payoff. It just... It just really falls apart, and other than some... You can laugh at it, which I think it's the first time, really, where it's like... Uh, what's his name with Botnik, the hairdresser? You know, there are these crazy characters in it, which you can definitely laugh at. But yeah, definitely a low point in the series for sure. And for many people in the top two least favorite, with Don Mancini, this is definitely his least favorite of the series. What about you guys? Yeah, I really liked the premise of this one. I liked the setting that it was in military school, but then 
I don't know. There were just so many kind of poor choices and poor casting choices that sort of made it even extra hammy and cheesy. Like the military, like general that was running the school and when he had his heart attack and does this like (laughs) over the top, (laughs) like bulging eyes, clutching his chest and like that was silly. The, 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 The barber guy was just... So weird. So weird. <laughs> I really want to go as him for Halloween. I really, really <laughs> And then like the the little boy that Chucky sort of tries to befriend again seems no, out of place. Tried, the, the one that Chucky tries to become a bro with. Yeah, <laughs> tries to become a bro. Terrible. Yeah. It's just Yeah. It was just really poorly executed this one. But I liked the premise, but I didn't particularly enjoy the film. This one for me, I remember really liking right in the opening when they show Chucky's face and he when like right when he realizes that he's still a doll and he just screams, no, because I thought that oh, was hilarious. Right. And I thought it was like a cool setup to have a grown up Andy being on a military base was definitely interesting. But it just this movie really did not sit well with me. I think like my my biggest problem and it's still like makes me cringe is the scene where he replaces the paintball guns with like actual bullet filled guns and i just really really hate it (laughs) well then nothing happens either like one kid gets killed and then everyone else is shooting and it's like it's just so it's just so stupid like that it builds up to something that it just deflates straight away it's so weird yeah I don't think my feelings have changed much on this movie. <laughs> yeah. We did have Chucky jumping out of the wrapper. I like that. That's one of the genuine jump scares for me yeah. in the entire franchise. Oh, yeah. yeah. Fair, when that Tyler was gets moment. the box. Yeah. So then we had the, basically the reboot, Bride of Chucky in 1998. This was just post-Scream, so it was right in that postmodern slasher era of the 90s. Great time to be alive. Tell you oh, what, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, baby. And it was, although it's not quite the biggest budget, it definitely, I feel, I feel inarguably it looks the biggest budget of all the entire franchise, this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, correct me if I'm wrong. But this is really where Chucky became more than lead character. Uh, the emphasis is much more on comedy. There's still deaths and kills in here, though. My problem with this movie is that I don't like the human characters of it like it's really kind of this mess of like juggling between what are we with chucky and tiffany or are you with the human characters i don't like the human characters i think they're useless i don't really like tiffany to be honest i'm not a big jennifer tilly fan i'm certainly not a tiffany fan but it does have loads of cool moments loads of cool visuals in here and chucky's redesign with his patchwork faces yeah fantastic really fantastic ali you want to go first sure I remember, like, the second this movie finished, I immediately remembered why I always think about my friend's dad with these movies. Oh, and it's yeah. because they have they have such a similar sense of humor. And I remember watching this being like, oh, my God, this is her dad. And I just, it was super nostalgic and made it that much more fun to watch because that's, like, a person that I grew up with. And that's the comedy that. I remember him referencing, and so I just had a lot of fun with this. It was definitely over that the top, but I think... That is not a nice thing to say about someone, is your comedy reminds me of Chucky. <laughs> of Bride of Chucky? <laughs> no, he thing. was like, he was super crude and just like didn't give a shit if he offended you with his like inappropriate... Like he was just, I don't know. I feel like this movie was a good balance of being crude, but not 
racist or sexist. <laughs> well, I don't. Uh, I mean, that's why I, I kind of started. Que- I haven't. It's not as fresh in my mind. I remember there being sexist comments and racist comments in the first three. Yeah, I mean, he's always anyway. a little misogynistic for sure. Yeah. <laughs> This is but, this is the film where he sits in the in the little cradle thing, and then it asks him to spell woman, and he types in bitch. So. Yeah, <laughs> but I remember thinking that was funny. <laughs> <laughs> I think you might be conditioned I, by this friend's I father. St- that you're I still about. kind of think that that's funny. Yeah, I don't know. I really liked this movie, and I had a lot of fun watching it. It also, I watched this one with my roommate, and I always have a good time watching silly movies with her. So, that probably helped. Alexander. Yeah, I really, I really, really enjoyed this one. I think, yeah, it came out in '98. You know that the the late '90s was when I probably first started. Yeah, when I first started going to see horror films at the cinema. So, this really tapped into that time for me and that feel. And it's just a lot of fun. I feel exactly the same as you, Al. I I didn't care at all about the human characters and their whole story and plot was super wishy-washy. And there's so many potholes in this, but it was the first time in the franchise where I was where I felt like I was on Chucky's side. I was really with him and just wanting to see what mayhem he could uh, cause and what he would get up to. And, and I was completely on board and enjoying that. Yeah, had had a lot of fun with this film, despite its many, many flaws. It's just good, good fun. But did you have a lot of fun with the next film in the franchise, which was Seed of Chucky in 2004? Don Mancini Define taking over director of <laughs> An enjoyable time. Uh, no. Yeah, Don Mancini directing for the first time. Biggest budget it's had. We just learned the worst return it's ever had, as in minus figures, not just low Shocking. return. Shocking. And this is the one that most fans hate. Don Mancini, as we said, stands up for it because he thinks it's actually a good film. But it went full-on comedy, full-on crazy. Chucky and Tiffany have a baby, basically. And it gets into gender roles. It gets into weird karate sequences. It gets into a lot of real life, you know, like trying to like put fun of Britney Spears and then lots of confusion with Jennifer Tilly playing Jennifer Tilly. It's post, 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 post modern. It's like... It is exactly what happened at the end of the Scream era where p- the films just got so far up their own ass because they're like, well, how postmodern or meta for kids nowadays, I guess, do you have to get? But this one was 2004 and it was just too late. Like it was too it was <laughs> yeah. too bad and too late. It was like that had already gone and happened. And fuck me, this is a, this is a bad movie. It's tough to get through this film. It really they is. They had a sperm opening. It opens with semen. Yeah, this is... Yep. Oh my god! I tell you what, though, I do remember. Like after that, you have that opening bit where you don't know who the killer is, and remember, and it's all POV Halloween style, walking around his house and then killing right. the father, who then falls to the floor, and you fall with it. And I like that opening. I think the opening is kind of cool. That is it, pretty much, for this movie for me. For sure. Yeah, it's interesting you talk about postmodernism and these sort of meta ideas. This is two thousand and four. And Wes Craven did New Nightmare in 1994. Yep. Playing along that same theme of a movie within a movie. I get that New Nightmare annoys people, but it is far superior to see of Chucky. Far superior. Yeah, this film is just... It's it's god-awful. Like, all the bits that I enjoyed, 
being bride of Chucky. Like I, I, I felt like it was humor was at a good sort of level. Chucky was just he was wonderfully awful and terrific. And here, like Chucky himself was pulled back as far as his attitude, so they could fit that sort of family narrative and the family dynamics that they had. Oh, it was a mess. I just, I, I don't even want to give it the time and day. You to think about it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's just, uh, yeah, and it just for me, it just got too. It, it was that point of like he had come up with so many different ideas and then still trying to expand on them in this film and it just got so messy it wasn't funny there is however one bit that i i did i did enjoy and there was john waters the doll boobs no not the doll boobs john waters um <laughs> uh death when he had uh acid poured over his face that's right. the only that's the only thing i'll give this film credit for not chucky silhouetted jerking off into a cup Fucking hell, I'd forgotten about all these things. <laughs> Please don't remind me not, of them. Uh, not Chucky between Jennifer Tilly's leg with a chicken with a turkey baster full oh, of cum. Oh my god. god. That is dripping out the end. Uh-uh. For fuck's oh. sake. Sir. For fuck's sake. Ali, you got anything else you need to say about no. this? No. You fine? No. I think we need to move well, on sorry, and never I speak about this movie again. I'm sorry, bro. This is this for me is the uh, this is my attack of the clones of the franchise. Agreed. And then it took like nine years, and we had basically a sort of reboot, but also a continuation, as you find out later in the film, which was Curse of Chucky, made for much less money, but Don Mancini directing again, and you could never tell. Certainly, it looks cheaper than the previous two films, uh, but there is more of a confident style to proceedings, in my opinion. This is the one that got me really excited because I, I love what it's trying to do, which is mostly being serious, getting him back to his roots, single location. It's, more, it's very gothic. And there's humor in there, but it's very small. And it's, it's, not, yeah, it's not trying to be cartoonish at all. And then we have Fiona Dourif, the daughter of Brad Dourif, who's been doing the voice of Chucky all the way through this entire franchise. Um, she's playing a new lead character called Nika, who's in a wheelchair. And I really like the dynamics of this, of like her struggle against Chucky. Uh, when she's obviously encumbered by her own situation. I really, really like this film. I think there are a lot of problems with it, but it's definitely what I, more in line with what I want this franchise to be. And I'm out. <laughs> um, I remember also having a lot of problems with this, except I don't think... I, I think you still enjoyed it while acknowledging the problems. For me, the problems were too distracting for me to enjoy the film. I loved Nika and I still love Nika. I think she's awesome. So it feels kind of reminiscent of Child's Play 3 for me loving Kyle and having one character that I think is awesome and I'm super happy they have, but not really feeling passionate about what's happening in the film. This one just had so many shots that were so distracting and weird, like the shots of the like individual close-ups of everyone's mouth as they were eating soup. Was what did just you think unnecessary. of the, um, the blood... And the reflection. The blood on the floor was really silly. Honestly, if that was the only weird shot they had in it, like, fine. I Like, blood's probably, it's hard to make blood look real if it's whatever. But there were so many other bad shots that I was just like, well, it looks like this is going to be a theme throughout this film. What about the priest who got those poison sick poops and had to leave? Yeah. <laughs> He's just sitting there all sweaty. 
and like the the long take like zoom into the soup that had the rat poison on it was just way too long and dramatic they just had a lot of weird stuff the like ultra zoom in that was like (laughs) janky into the sister's face as she was holding the doll was just ridiculous the sister was ridiculous she was way too over the top and soap opera-y, and I just, I don't know. I didn't I get into it. I agree with all of your points, but, like, it's still, I don't know. Like, me and Alex were pretty shocked with, we expected you to be on board with this one, and you really, really weren't. <laughs> we, this was the only one I think uh, any of us watched together, which me and Alex, yeah, yeah watched this one together. Why did you guys think I was going to like it? Because we liked it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> we liked we it, liked so it. everybody else yeah. probably also likes it. Yeah, I yeah, I definitely liked this film. <laughs> and you know, I was at the end of Seed of Chucky, I was almost ready to give up on all of these films. Um, I don't blame you. I um, and this was a real surprise, you know, it it got rid of all the excess that was really just dragging the franchise down in the last film. Um, and made it more contained, and I really appreciated that. I think it's it's not perfect. I said in the podcast, it's certainly as a standalone horror film, it's it's subpar. It, it doesn't really stand up to what else uh, came out that year. And and um, but as a Chucky film, and and for fans, I think it. Uh, I think you said it out. Like it gives enough fan service that isn't super obvious, and but is there and it is enjoyable for the fans of the franchise. And I think it really hits the reset button and yeah and and nika fiona jurif is is awesome unfortunately the rest of the ensemble isn't great but she is yeah just really great to watch throughout that film um and the fact that it's in this contained setting it's it's fun i I, for me it was the exact sort of tone shift that i wanted and it was a surprise but yeah and it's got great twists like for me this is this film definitely has the things I was most excited about the first time I watched it, just in terms of, oh, wow, I didn't see that coming, uh, which I appreciate again, watching it now, knowing it's a sequel and part of the franchise probably has less of those. Um, but even from the sort of, you know, the lesbian little twist and then to realizing when Chucky's face pull, you know peels off and you see the scars underneath, yeah. like yep. there are cool moments. And then finding out the history with Fiona and how they've tried to tie it all in back to the beginning of the original Child's Play. I really appreciate the effort made with this one to like, yeah, like you say, hit that reset button but tied in at the same time and then that led into cult of chucky which was last year the final film as we speak right now in the franchise and this is a polarizing one for a lot of fans actually i don't know if you guys know or have read many reviews but some people really hate this movie and some people really enjoy it i definitely fall into the latter camp i think fiona Duruf is better than ever this isn't set in a psychiatric uh, mental hospital mm-hmm. and you don't really know what's going on for a lot of it we've got andy barkley back again which i was really happy about You've got this long build of like, okay, we know there's a severed head of Chucky with Andy Barkley, but then what the fuck is going on with these multiple dolls in the mental institute and how that builds? Unfortunately, the payoff for this is unlike Curse of Chucky, which I think has great satisfying twists, this one has really unsatisfying twists when they come. But the build up to them is really, really cool. The ensemble of characters is much stronger than the previous film. And if it was the same budget, then kudos to Don Mancini and his cinematographer because they've got a much better command of the camera and the visuals in this movie too. And the kills are just fucking great. My biggest problem with this one is I don't really like... I love Chucky in the previous film and I'm not a big fan of how Chucky looks in this one and all the different versions of him by the time we get to the end. Yeah, we're tying a little bit back into Bride of Chucky, Seed of Chucky. I didn't mention this to you guys. I forgot in our review... 
but Don Mancini in that where finally Chucky does manage to dimbal himself into the body of Fiona Dourif into Nika and she comes out and then starts making out with Jennifer Tilly or Tiffany whatever you want to call her and then again to the car to drive away and there's a Tiffany doll in the back seat he wanted a seat of Chucky little kid doll in the back of that seat as well that was his original intention was to tie it all together Don um, Don the, Don the producers would not let him I don't blame so him. yeah i don't like that it, it that it's really pushing to that place again by the end of the movie but cult yeah. is definitely for me one of one of the absolute highlights of the franchise i really like this one too they it's like just from the opening it's much more mature for me it does everything that i think curse was trying to do but i think it's just catches me quick i was about to say quicklier more quickly than <laughs> cursed did. That's not a word. Yeah, it just it had a much better tone for me. I'm still upset that it didn't stick with that tone throughout the movie because I think this would mm. easily be my favorite. Just like without even thinking about it or having to contemplate what numbers to move around to accommodate it in the top three. But I I don't know. I had to think a lot about this one for my placement just because of the second half of the movie. Yeah, the tone of it was pretty inconsistent, which was a bummer. I also, it's hard to think about showing this film to other people who are not familiar with the franchise because you can't, you won't understand anything that's happening in this movie if you haven't seen the others. Agreed. Yeah, yeah, agreed as well. Like, I th- I feel like at this point the film, unless they do a complete reboot, it feels like these films are very much for the fans. Or certainly people that, that uh, have seen the previous film, at least. Yeah, I, I feel pretty much like you guys, too. I thought the first two acts of this film were just really, really great. Like, the ensemble in this one is so much stronger than Curse of Chucky. Their characters are way more interesting and complex. They deal with the whole sort of their mental health issues in a very caring and sympathetic way that really also builds on each of their individual sort of psychology um, and how Chucky plays into that. And that's kind of where, you know, we were talking about what does cult of Chucky mean? And that's sort of one of the things we discussed about, you know, is, is, is the idea of Chucky and the myth of Chucky, you know, helping to sort of stimulate each of these patients issues. And is it all in their heads? And I like that it was so psychological for that, those first second acts. And then the last act obviously just dives right back into, to, to Chucky territory and with the whole Tiffany thing. And for me, yeah, it, it definitely, it takes a lot out of that film because it's sort of, it, it's, it, it sort of almost sets it back up to the place that I wanted it to leave where it, it just becomes a mess and there's all these additional characters and it's just, yeah, it, it, it was very deflating for me that it, that it ended that way because I thought the first two acts were just really cool, really interesting um and really mature and different so yeah it definitely had an impact on how i perceived the film as a whole for sure so all right so then who let's get into some of our notable things about each of the films i mean normally this is a pretty tough one when you get to the end of a horror franchise and you're talking about our favorite lead character or actor normally it's hard i feel i'm going to be very surprised if we're not all on the same page but it's like fiona durf is is nika is just fantastic like she just comes in she's strong immediately in curse and in cult she's even better she has 
this perfect kind of look to her where she's you know she's attractive and beautiful but she's very interesting and not afraid to like make herself look ugly and just crazy and just like go as far as the character needs to go she's and she's just like got this weight to her that alex you said it like she's arguably too good for this series (laughs) but it helps ground these movies these last two movies so so well I, I mean, I actually enjoy... I like the character of Andy Barkley a lot. I like mm-hmm. Alex Vincent fine, actually, when he was a kid. I agree, like, in the scarier moments, it's harder for him to react to it as a kid. But I think in all the rest of it, I really like his innocence. I, I find him really enjoyable in those first couple of movies. And, it, yeah, I, I, I do like uh, Kyle, but for, for sure, Fiona Dura for me. Like, there's no competition. Yeah. I'm on the same page. I, w- I had written down potentially choosing Kyle as a favorite lead character. I think it's no question that Fiona Durif is the best actress in the series. But I think at the end of the day, I would still choose Nika um, and her character as my favorite characters, especially because of Colt. I think she does a great job of being that character after being in a home or, I don't know, an asylum, I guess, for three years or four years, however long they say she is. And I think she pulls it off really well. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to have to to echo you guys as well, pretty much. Yeah, I do, you know, thinking about it, I do really like Andy Barkley in the first two films, and I like Alex Vincent's performance. Huge, huge fan of Kyle. She was certainly my favorite, I think, before Fiona Jurif came along. But she also doesn't sort of, she gets the second half of Child's Play 2, but doesn't get enough to really sort of run with, I don't think. Did you just give me the finger, Ali? Because I said Andy Barkley. No, <laughs> no Al was giving was me the finger, so I gave it I back. <laughs> <laughs> because we like Alex Vincent. <laughs> so fuck you. He's like, haha, you lose. But yeah, but Fiona Jurif, his Nika is, is awesome. She's, she, yeah, I'll say it again. She's probably far too good for that series as, as an actor. But also just a really interesting character choice from Don Mancini um, having having a character in a wheelchair but the great thing is is that the way it's written and the way that she plays the character is that she's never a victim of her disability which I think is just awesome it's never played that I genuinely, way um, yeah when I think back on her in both of the films I kind of forget that she's in a wheelchair yeah. I really do I'm not just saying that which is an yeah. incredible feat yeah and it's such a great great choice you know and the only times whether that she that she ever feels like a victim is when her sanity is questioned and it's cool i i it's just yeah she is by far the best character i think for sure so i'm I'm completely with you guys on that one yeah i agree i think the problem with kyle is like kyle's really cool but she's just a typical slasher character you know she's just a teenage yeah. girl who's pretty but she's got some cool edge to her at least but that's pretty much it whereas nico is fascinating think she's got so many yeah interesting layers as a character i think the great thing about kyle was that was i think we had our ex like you when when that character's introduced and she's like this foster kid you have these expectations that she's going to be like super bratty and mean to her foster parents but she's none of that and she's actually really yeah, supportive true. to andy and that was like a nice surprise i think and that's what made her really cool was that Yeah, she had a bit of a rebellious streak, but it wasn't in a sort of cheesy, cliched sort of way. And that she had genuine care for for Andy and 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 sort of perspective on on what it was like being a foster child. Yeah. That was that was awesome. So then our villain, Mr. Chucky himself, 
loads of designs, loads of different doll types. And when uh, I was watching over the last couple of days, you know, like the montages on YouTube of people's favorite kills and stuff to remind myself of certain elements from the movies. I've forgotten just how different he looks from film to film and not even from film to film, yeah. from scene to scene in some of the movies. But what are your favorites? And like, and what are you looking for from a Chucky doll? Because obviously there's some very different things. Like you got the doll who no one knows is evil. You can't convince people with like Bride of Chucky doll that he's not evil, surely, because he's sort of sewn together with metal staples as well and stuff. Yeah. But what are your, what are your favorite iterations of Mr. Chucky? Yeah, I... I the same thing where I went back and sort of watched highlight reels, I guess, sort of uh, mashup videos. Yeah, and he's so different. He changes so much. And I actually, looking back, I, I do really like the look of Chucky in the first three Child's Play films. You know, I think, I think because the animatronics are still maybe not as advanced or slightly janky, he looks more freaky, like he looks more doll-like. I think as it goes, as we get later on in the series, he, the overall look of him becomes more polished. The animatronics become more nuanced and subtle, so there's more expressions, which is great, which is really cool, and there's some really cool looks. But the fact that in those first three, it's it's not perfect, looking back for me makes it seem slightly more creepy because it seems it feels more like this like he's limited by the doll basically yeah so I, I was it was interesting going back and just being like well actually those some of those looks are really cool but but my favorite hands down is um bride of chucky when he comes out and he's stitched up it's just such an awesome return and i feel i feel that that is what i think of now when i think of chucky is stitched up messed up chucky for sure and I will also just give a little mention to his head in in Curse uh, Cult, which is just <laughs> fucking awesome. It looks so cool. That looks really, really cool. But uh, yeah, for me, it's it's Bride of Chucky when we first see him stitched up for sure. Allie. I also did the same thing when I was going through these questions trying to answer. I was like, I don't really remember which, like any of them necessarily standing out enough that I was like, oh, this is the coolest he's ever looked. But then going through and watching like the top kills from all the movies, it's much easier to see when they put the clips back to back how much he's changed. So for me, it's so funny that you say that with the first three, Alex, because when I was watching the first three, because he looks so doll like and because he is limited with like what resources they had and he can't move his face as freely as he does in the later films, that takes the scare away for me just because putting myself in their position if I were to like seeing that just makes me realize he's a doll and it would be easy to just like everyone, all the fans are like, why don't you just kick him? And that's kind of how I feel with him in the first three is he, he looks like a doll when he, even when he tries to talk, he still looks like a doll that you put batteries in that is able to talk, not lifelike at all. So it's not scary enough or dark enough for me. But then I had the exact same experience where it got to the fourth one and started showing clips from Bride of Chucky. And I was like, oh, of course. And I just like stopped the video and wrote that down because that I remember <laughs> that one standing out a lot. And just he just looks so cool. The stitching is it's not over the top. I think in the later films, the like it looks like staples. I don't know if it's supposed to be staples or stitches, but it's it get. I think it gets thicker and more intense in the later ones. 
And I think in Bride, it's just like you like from far away. It's subtle enough, but apparent enough. And he just looks fucked up and cool and weird and dark. And I like it. Yeah, I, I mean, it's hard to not disagree with you guys. Oh, sorry. No, to disagree with you guys. Yeah. I mean, you know, he looks awesome in Bride of Chucky. For me, I'm kind of saying the one I keep coming back to. And it really is for me, which is I call sad face Chucky which is the one in mm-hmm. Curse of Chucky, only in there maybe two or three scenes. So sadly, it's not that prevalent. And then it's completely gone by the time we get to cult. But that's the one that really fucking freaks me out. And in particular, the scene where, what's her name of Alice? Is Alice? Yeah. Is underneath the, the sheets, girl. the bed sheets with him just before he says that line that you liked, Ali, with the, with the you know, she says, I'm, you know, I'm scared. You, and he fucking, said, you should fucking should be. be. Yeah. yeah. It's like, it's... It's, his face is just so good and just the dilation of it and the whites around the eyes i love it yeah and i know he hasn't been used practically but the mangled head doll in cult that you're talking about alex like i that is my that is my dream opposite version like for me the sad face doll is yeah. him normal and mangled head doll from cult is my ideal sort of crazy chucky i'm surprised you haven't bought a replica of that to put in your office yet you can't get one i've tried <laughs> So for each of the, I had a new thing. So for each of these franchises, I want to get something. As we complete a horror franchise, I'm getting like a statue to commemorate mm-hmm. it. So I got a Jason one. Uh, I have a couple of Freddy ones actually that I'm looking at right now, and I couldn't quite decide. One I really, really love, but it's arguably too icky because he is an icky character with the stuff, you know, like his back history. Yeah, and then I've got like the Hellraiser Lament configuration. I got this beautiful bespoke wooden metal one already in anticipation for that. But I'm gonna get one for Chucky for sure. I'm just trying to find a good, a good. What about Leatherface? Yeah, I'm looking for Leatherface. There's a few good statues as well. He's actually got some cool ones. I'm just trying to pick. I think I've got one on pre-order actually for him. I think, I think. Yeah, they're they're my two favorite heads. So leading in from that then is the kills. Now again. I had a weird experience with this because normally in a franchise, there are tons and tons and tons of weird kills in a horror franchise. Freddy, they get very creative. Friday the 13th, they get pretty creative. Chucky's all over the place. You have films where it's very boring and then films where, yeah, it's it's very creative. And I'm going to just go with my ones to begin with because I, as I went through them all, I remembered ones that I'd forgotten about. I had enjoyable memories of different kills. But honestly, every one of my favorite kills was in Cult of Chucky. Which really shocked yeah, me. I can understand I like, that. All of them. You got Claire with the falling shards of glass, which come down and just cut her head off. It was like beautifully filmed and really violent. The, arguably the nastiest kill out of the entire franchise, which is Nika stomping her doctor's face into the ground. Yep. Which is fucking horrible. <laughs> the drilling multiple Malcolm's eyeball, like for his head, is really horrible. But actually, my personal favorite kill isn't to a human, it's to a Chucky doll which is, again, in Cold of Chucky, but it's Andy stomping Buzzcut Chucky's head to pieces. And it just turns into, like, mush. That's right. I don't know yeah. what it is about it, but I fucking love it. It just is, <laughs> like, Chucky just, like, his head caving in, and there's just so many blood and brains going everywhere, and it looks awesome. The sound is cool. And it's a satisfying moment. But, yeah, all my favorite ones are in Cold of Chucky, which is telling. <laughs> what about you guys? Yeah, I went through a whole list of them. I really liked the pump in the teacher's heart and then bashing her with the ruler <laughs> <laughs> in Child's Play 2. Another Child's Play 2, what I liked was super cartoony one in the toy factory when the worker gets Chucky eyeballs uh, put in his yeah, head. Yeah, that one's funny. On the conveyor belt. 
sorry, I've got a, I got a list of a few here. Uh, Trash Compactor in um, Child's Play 3. Um, Tiffany's death in Bride's kind of cool, just when, like, after she's being electrocuted, like, there's this shot of Chucky looking up and all the bubbles coming down. Yeah, that's true. That is cool. John Ritter's uh, getting nails shot in his head and looking like Pinhead is super cool. <laughs> John Waters' acid face in Seed of Chucky I really liked. But my favorites, yeah, are actually in Curse and Cult. Actually, the only death I really liked in Curse, I, I didn't mind the priest decapitation. That was kind of cool. But one that was just horrific was the axe jaw cutting of yeah. right. uh, Ian. I think it's like his jaw coming off. In Curse, yeah, I liked all the ones you mentioned, Dal. But I guess like if I was to pick favorites, Deep Throat Hill when he <laughs> shoves his shoves his hand down her throat and pulls out like her esophagus or whatever and then shoves his arm back down her throat. <laughs> Insane. Anika's stomp is just so brutal and so violent. And I hated that doctor, so it was uh, a good comeuppance. And yeah, Malcolm Malcolm drill through the eye was uh was insane. But yeah, definitely agree. Like those kills in in that film were just really inventive, beautifully shot, and just pretty and crazy. Impressive for his seventh film that he's arguably coming up, you know, with, with at least, you know, the biggest sort of dearth of new kill ideas when you think you yeah. would have run out by now. <laughs> and it's interesting because with that film as well, it's a bit of a slow burn as far as the kills. Like, it's it's takes a yeah. bit of time. Like, there's the ghost lady kill, and then it sort of it plays out for quite a while, and then that last act, it just... He just goes for it. Yes. Allie. I think Cult of Chucky definitely has the best kills overall in terms of creativeness, in terms of quality, in terms of interesting shots during the kills. So I think there's something to be said for that. But in terms of my favorite ones, my number one is definitely it is from Cult. It's the glass shards coming down on Claire with the snow falling and just the like romantic slow movement of it all even though it is disturbing and she's been killed and her head is sliced clean off i think it's a cool balance of all of those different aspects coming together my second one is also pinhead man in number three (laughs) i think it's hilarious and i think it's even funnier when he comes back to life and like sits up under the seat and with like all the nails in his face it's really funny and then my third one is over the top and not like the actor does not do a believable job at all but i think it's so funny and that's the heart attack just because that's (laughs) that i'm so happy you included that that's good well so the thing with that one is it's the which this is uh it's the only kill that chucky doesn't mean to happen he like means to he's about to kill him Mm but he obviously dies from a heart attack right before. And the only other thing that kind of makes me question that statement is the priest being killed with rat poison. Cause that's, I remember watching that and mentioning that it's kind of a lazy kill on Chucky's hand just mm. because it's, he's not directly involved really. Um, so that kind Doesn't of Doesn't Chucky out- make a joke? Doesn't he make a joke after the general guy dies? Yeah. He's like, Oh, you be- gotta be fucking kidding me. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so I it's really a, like it's that one. Just economic kill because for sure, of the irony. He have to do anything, <laughs> no exertion is needed. Mm-hmm. Like you just look at him, you die. It's got to be yep. the most economic kill from any. It's pretty villain. funny. 
I wonder how slasher villains would feel if yeah you didn't if Freddy and Jason you didn't actually have to kill anybody they just looked at you and they were so scared <laughs> they died. So scared. Would, you, would they get satisfaction out of that or would it actually piss them <laughs> off? Like, God damn it! <laughs> so wait, are you talking about for the 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 entirety of a film? Yeah, imagine an they entire just scare film people every to time death. they come across someone they just get so scared they die. <laughs> All right, well, that leads into one of our last sections in these kind of these picking out elements, which is the lines. Like, Chucky is famous for his lines, much like Freddy is famous oh, for his lines. So good lines. Again, I was kind of shocked when I went back and watched all of the sort of quips and stuff. I watched one where they actually like condensed almost every line he's ever had, I think, in a movie. He's got to me fucking ages. <laughs> and he's very repetitive, very repetitive man. Likes yeah. to use the word fuck a lot, likes to use the word bitch a lot. And yeah, I was sort of struggling to pick favorite lines. I found the context of a scene and a line was when they worked. Mm-hmm. Like even, yeah, with that general kill, it works in some way. Oh, you got to be fucking kidding me. Really works well there. Even though the line's not genius writing, you know? And the one we were saying about him under the bed sheets is definitely one of my favorites. We're saying you fucking should be. Not a great line, but the context of it and the delivery yeah. is yeah. great. You know, it's Brad Dourif and it's the context. Uh, so what about you guys? Did you have any actual lines you just liked or are they all sort of context driven? I had an immediate answer for this. So this was super easy for me to come up with. And it's from the original. So just the I think it might even be the first time we actually hear him. But it's nice. when he finally talks to Karen, to the mom. And he I remember really, <laughs> really liking it in the first movie. And I still really like it. It's just so perfect <laughs> for me. And he says, you stupid bitch, you filthy slut. I'll teach you to fuck with me. <laughs> <laughs> that is, that is a good one. It. it comes out of nowhere, isn't it? It's, it's like so they've been shaking funny. the champagne bottle and then they just pop the cork off and he's like, you fucking bitch. It's <laughs> so like, good. And he's screaming that and fighting. That is a good one. And, yeah, that's fucking great. That is true. Yeah, I love true. it. And it's worth the build. Yeah, that is a good line. <laughs> Yeah, for me, I, again, I guess, had a bit of a list and had to narrow it down. Don't Fuck With The Chuck is just classic from Child's Play 3 when he kills the toy executive. A line that I, I really liked I thought was funny is in Bride of Chucky when he's sitting in the van with Tiffany and Catherine Heigl is fighting with her boyfriend. Or, or no, they decide they want to run away and he says, I'd give him six months, three if she gains weight. <laughs> yes, that just cracks me up. <laughs> Another line that cracks me up in Cult when Andy Barkley comes back from his date. He says, now we'll never know if she was a natural redhead, yeah. which is just so like perverse. Yeah. Chucky's going to be a bro is crazy <laughs> controversial and out there. And I can't imagine anyone getting away with something like that. <laughs> but my, my absolute favorite, yeah, is the line you mentioned out under the sheets. You fucking should be. For me, it is like just the most affecting line and so terrifying it is generally for me like one of the most terrifying fill up moments in the whole franchise like it is just so dark and sinister and it's sort of like yeah it just sort of it takes any humor out of charles lee ray and really kind of emphasizes that this is just a, a nasty evil killer like he yeah um and so that line for me was just fucking cool yeah and and then also because it goes off that that interesting look that we've we've talked about a bit of that that weird chucky face and when that breaks and he says that line it's just awesome it's really awesome yeah no i agree all right so before we go into some completely different things here we're going to be talking about some other doll films i have a little secret thing that we're about to do but alex i want to pass it over to you because this section i don't think it really applies to me or ali 
but we want to know what were your favorite voodoo clouds they've been a reoccurring <laughs> theme voodoo clouds yeah they were a reoccurring theme until some of the later films although in cult we did have a a sprinkling of thunderstorm and rain although it didn't seem like an isolated weather phenomena like the voodoo clouds in all the originals <laughs> so for me it's easy. The best voodoo clouds are the original, the original Child's Play voodoo clouds. Yeah, when um, Charles Lee Ray is dying on the floor of the toy store and he starts the Dambala chat and we get our first, yeah, isolated weather phenomena over the toy store. <laughs> Beautiful 80s style clouds, the best by far. The best. They never lived up to that after that. Um, thank you very much. We appreciate that little uh, weather forecast. <laughs> well, that was <laughs> your chief meteorologist, Alexander Chard. Yeah. Today's weather is going to be voodoo. <laughs> so just clarify to people, the way we uh, get ready for this podcast is I sent you guys a few things. said, hey, think about this, think about this, think about this, because these are things we're going to be talking about. I didn't tell you this little section. Though. We're going to have ourselves a little... Child's Play quiz right now for both of you. Oh, oh God. Boy. We're going to see what you have learned over the last seven films. i got 11 questions here. Some with some multiple ways to Are we supposed to be learning points. things? Yeah, always learn things, which is, you know, normally don't watch any more of that franchise when it comes to horror <laughs> films. <laughs> I'm gonna, I've got 11, 11 questions for you. Yeah, there's some multiple ways to get points, and I'm going to be keeping correlation of your points as we go through this. But what I want you actually to do, because I think if you're both shouting out, it's gonna, it's not going to work. Because I don't want to know who gets yeah. it first. I want to know who gets it. Have you both got any paper and pen written down there? Yes. We're going to do me, this English panel style. Let me flip to a clean page. Oh. Oh, so you want us to hold it up? Yeah, so then I can read out. Or you can just read out your answers if you want. But I just want proof that you are not copying from what the last person said. That's all I'm asking for. You can do it on your phone if you want. Whatever you like. I'm just gonna hold this. There's up. a Ali's drawn a nice little picture of a of a little sort of looks like a Chucky. It's hand so pretty. I know. <laughs> I did that on purpose. You need, little, you need a little fingernail at the end of that extended. Oh uh, uh, yeah, that's a good yeah. idea. You need a goddamn pen, you... Ooh, Alex has no pens. Oh no! Modern living. Here, do you want to borrow one? <laughs> there you go. I'll. Uh, I'm gonna write it on my phone and I'll hold my phone up. Cool. Just tattoo it on your body. Exactly. Okay. All right. Are you ready? Here comes your first question. And I want pretty quick write down answers because I'm going to go straight into getting your answer. Okay. In the first, okay. there's going to, some of these going to be nice and easy. Some not quite so easy. In the first Charles play, how does Charles Lee Ray die? How does he die? We're just looking for the form of death. We don't need to get into particulars. We don't need to know who did it or how, or what did it. Just what was the uh, reasoning of death okay you both finished writing no okay alexander yeah. chard what is your answer oops you can read it out you can read it out i just want to get that as proof he gets shot by a police officer that is correct ali what have you got so i wrote down shot, shot and he bleeds out and this is the quote that he says when he realizes <laughs> And he's in the toy store and he holds, he looks down and holds his chest and says, Oh God, I'm dying. Very good, Ali. Very good. No extra points for you though, I'm afraid. I will yeah, stipulate. A little extra sauce on that answer. It was just, Not it was just a good moment. Really bad acting, you but funny yourself. line. You enjoy yourself. A point each. Well done. Number two, in Seed of Chucky, Tiffany and Chucky Fuck. have a baby. Give all three of its names movie. for one point. <laughs> 
all three of its names for one single point. We're just looking for the three names that the child of Chucky and Tiffany goes by in the film. I theater, think Chucky. my first one's wrong. Wait. Okay. If, if you don't have all three names that it goes by throughout the movie, you will not get points. Hold on, hold on. Don't do it yet. I think that's right. Final wrap up. Okay. I don't know if this is right or not. You're good. All right. Ali, you want to go first? Ali, you go first. Sure. I have Glenny, Glinda, and Glenn. Very close, <laughs> but not quite there. Alexander Chard. I have Shithead, <laughs> Glenn, and Glenda. That is the correct answer. The three names well that the child goes by is Shithead, and then Glenn and Glenda. Point oh, to man. Alex. Number three. <laughs> Where is Chucky from? And by Chucky, we're going to be talking about Charles Lee Ray here, I believe. So we're not going with the conflicting things that Cedar Chucky have where suddenly he's made in Japan. We're going, where was Chucky slash Charles Lee Ray from? This is from an official okay. stuff that I found online, by the way. So if anyone has any contentious problems with these answers, don't take it up with me. Take it up with uh, the internet. <laughs> the entire internet. Uh. All right. Are we ready? I'm going to change Alex my answer last minute. No, hang on. Changing his answer. Yeah, okay. Go, Ali. I said Chicago. Chicago? What have you got, Alex? I originally said Chicago, but then I changed it to New Jersey. And you are lucky you did so, because it is New <laughs> Jersey. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my. I think we broke you. <laughs> you <know too> much. <laughs> <laughs> that is oh, impressive. Man. I don't think you got that one. All right, number four. In which of the seven movies, and it could be one or it could be multiple, does Chucky not seemingly die? In which of the seven movies does Chucky not seemingly die? Not die? Or not does... die. Obviously, he never really no, he never really dies. But there are only one or more movies. Where Chucky at the end of the movie is still alive and shown to be still alive. Oh, I see. You see what I'm saying? So at the end of these films, the villain always seems to be dead, but we know they're going to come back. But there are certain movies in the Chucky franchise where he is definitely shown not to be dead at the end of the movie. Okay, I've got an answer. Hold on. You're only going to get one point, by the way, if you get this completely correct. I hope that music is not patented, so I'm not going to get in trouble. I'm just watching you both think. It's, it's enjoyable. If Alice okay. gets this one right, I'm fucking, I'm freaked out right now. Allison, let's go with you. I said four, five, six, and seven. Four, five, so that's pride, seed, curse, and cult. Yeah live at the end of all of them alexander chard i said cult and curse alexander chard you are correct what the fuck? <laughs> it is only curse and cult but we see that him chucky is still shown to be alive at the do you end mean we need of, to say uh, his whole like see his whole body well no at the end of so at the end of seed of chucky he is dead we just have an arm get sent to you know the weird ginger kid <laughs> To but Glenn, it, I guess. doesn't it move um no but you don't know there's absolutely nothing to show that chucky is still alive all we see is that an arm has been sent to him 
Again, this isn't me making this up. This is like official people who have preened through it all. At the end of Bride of Chucky, he's also dead. It's his yep. son that comes back to life. At the end of Curse, we see him alive and then he resets himself to pretend to just be a doll and then he's there in the courthouse at the end of the film, still alive, as we all know and she knows. And at the end of Cult, also, there are multiple Chuckies alive, so plenty going on there. But the original Chucky, which is head on a head on a board, is definitely still alive. I see. There you go. Extra point to Alex. Alex now is four to one in lead. <laughs> still time to come back, Ali. Don't worry. Question five. I'm so worried. What what does I know we're gonna go back to your favorite film here, Seed of Chucky. What does <laughs> Chucky call John Waters in Seed of Chucky? What does Chucky call John Waters ah. in Seed of Chucky? I can give a hint. I'm looking for three words. Ding 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 I don't know the theme of the Chucky movies. It is actually kind of a nice one that comes every now and then, isn't it? It is that. Ding 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 ding. This is just yeah. I'm not going to get a point for this one. All right, who wants to go first? Oh, Ali has drawn a fingernail on her middle finger picture. That's my answer. I don't fucking know. I have no idea. Alex, what are you going to do? Stabbing in the dark. Is this going to be the question that finally you fail at? I wrote, you paparazzi fuck. Oh my God. You are so close, my friend. You are so <laughs> close. It is, you are a paparazzi scumbag. Is oh, the actual oh sentence. Man. Fuck me. <laughs> you, to be fair, you wouldn't what imagine Chuck would say scumbag. You'd imagine he'd just say fuck. So, I mean, noble, very noble, but I'm afraid I can't give you a point. Thank you. Number six. Number six. So there were gaps of times between the various films made in this franchise. Between which of the films was the longest absence? And for an extra point, how many years was the absence? Can you repeat that? The whole beginning of that got cut out for me. Absolutely. So for the, there, there is there is a, ma- a number of years, obviously, between each film in this franchise. Between which films was the longest amount of years before a sequel was made. And for extra point, how many years was it? We're looking for the longest period of time between two films in the franchise. And how many years was that? I need my kazoo so I could just do different horror themes throughout. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> Waiting times. The old kazoo. Alex, you already got your answer down. Ali? I got mine straight away. Ali's doing some math. I'm trying. Looking Hold back. On. Looking back. She's she's judging the franchise through how important it was for her years of life. Going, oh, I remember. <laughs> <laughs> those years, those long years of longing, of yearning. When all I had was my friend's dad putting on a Chucky mask (laughs) (laughs) and saying inappropriate misogynistic things. (laughs) All right. I'm going to have to call the the stop to this nonsense, Ali. Okay. I just wrote down a random number. Between which two films? So it's for one point and how many years for the second point? Ali, which two films are you guessing? I said between two and three. So from Andy being baby Andy to military Andy. No, 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 no. We're looking for real life years. Oh, what? All right, we're going to give you an extra t- extra 30 seconds. I'm talking about between two films in the franchise. 
I, there was a man I, of years that passed in 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 production so how many okay. between which two films i didn't catch that i thought you meant in their world oh man you were you had to put real hard thinking into that <laughs> that's what i was like how old is he in this one how old oh, is he in thinking. that one no we're just looking for what was the longest amount Sorry. of time basically before a sequel came out um and how many years so between which two films and then how many years for an extra point alex sing us a song <laughs> My name's Chucky, and I'm an old, and I got to killing sad, and I want to kill people. Ali's done. She's ready. <laughs> Thank you, Alex. That was a beautiful rendition <laughs> of you. the classic song, Won't Kill People. <laughs> Ali, what yep. is your answer? Between which two films was the longest before a sequel came out? So I'm saying between Seed and Curse. And I think it was 10 years. I think it was 2003 to 2013. Alexander Chard. I also, one second, said Seed and Curse, but I said 13 years. Oh, interesting. Well, you're both correct. It is between Seed and Curse. The amount of years, if you've been paying close attention, we said it at the beginning of this uh, podcast of what the years they came out. It was nine years between the two films. So you both failed at how many years, but you both got a point for guessing correctly which two films in the franchise. So we're now at five to two. Five to two. So, number seven. Are you ready? Let's do it. Who kills Who kills Tiffany in Bride of Chucky? Who kills Tiffany in Bride of Chucky? Who kills Tiffany in Bride of Chucky? I will love you, baby. <laughs> Oh, so wait, does that has nothing to do with the answer? And maybe I'm, I'm not allowed to ask this question. Joey. So Tiffany, death in the tub doesn't count because she's demballed into the doll. Yeah, sorry, sorry. I should say what well, the uh, at the at the end. Okay, you know, the final kill of Tiffany in Bride of Chucky, at least because Don Mancini likes bringing them characters back. If you're playing at home, hope you're enjoying yourself. Write down your answers. Drawing little pictures of uh, Chucky hands doing the middle finger. It's a pretty picture. It is a very pretty picture. We should change the uh, our podcast icon to that for just this episode. You should. If you can write wearegeeks.com in the middle, then I will. I think this one's wrong. Tough one. I don't know. Tough one, eh? It is a Trying tough to cast one. cast your mind back. So many deaths and so many things happening at the end of that movie. Yeah. But who was it who actually killed Tiffany in Bride of Chucky? All right, you guys ready? Yeah. No. <laughs> do I care? I can picture <laughs> the scene and I can... Well, do you want an answer? Yes, I do. I should have put the timer on this. Go on, Allie. Yeah, that's true. That's My name's Chucky and I like to kill people. This is all helping me think. I'm from New Jersey, but I went to Chicago too. When I was I was made in Japan. (laughs) Via Japan. You know that classic New Jersey to Chicago road trip? Yeah. Via Japan. That's his genesis. All right, Ali, we're cutting you off. Here we go. Yeah, okay. Alexander Chard, who do you think killed Tiffany at the end of Bride of Chucky? So... I was going to say the police officer, but I changed my answer and said 
childbirth is what finally kills <laughs> Tiffany. So technically Glenn. So Glenn. Or Glenda or Shipface. Yeah. Interesting. Allie? So I didn't write anything down. I thought it was the... Because they're at a... Aren't they at a cemetery when she dies? They are indeed. Am I making that cemetery. up? Okay. For some reason, I feel like it was a random person who showed up and killed her. But I can't figure out who showed yeah, up, which is why I didn't write anything down. Well, Alex, I like how you're thinking because actually that was what was on my brain. I actually got this from a trivia quiz online and then I went to double check it because I thought, well, actually, does she not come back to life and then die in the childbirth? She doesn't. She is actually just dead in the childbirth. It just sort of happens to right. her. It is, in fact, simpler than you both think. It's Chucky. Chucky kills Tiffany at the end of Bride of Chucky. They have a big uh, fight thing and then he ends up stabbing her. That's right. Yeah. Oh. Um, and it's this sort of weird intimate kill that mm-hmm. he does. So a little trick one there. No points either way. Tricky, tricky. All right. Last four questions. Number eight. What was Charles Lee Ray known as before he died? What was Charles Lee Ray known as before he died? I almost said this in my little song that I sang before. (laughs) Lucky you didn't. I think that's right. Yeah, we'll go with that. Should be a nice little refresher one for you. Should be a little easier than some of the others, hopefully. People call me Chucky, but my name is Charles Lee Ray. <laughs> I saw right, a, a lady little, uh, and a husband, so I sent him to the grave. And then I kidnapped <laughs> her and put her I... on the ground and brought sunflowers every day. I like sort of country metal yeah. <laughs> style that he sings in. I'm Allie, so happy this down? is being recorded. Noah. <laughs> no. Oh my God, I can't Maybe think you need of to go back and rewatch right these movies. <laughs> I don't think so. Okay, so Noah, and she's opting out. Alex, do you have an answer for this? What is Charles Lee Ray known as before he died? The Lakeshore Strangler. It is indeed the Lakeshore Strangler. Go. Well done, sir. Look at Ali. She loves to win. Look at the anger on her face. <laughs> They call me the Lakeshore Strangler. I'm so competitive. But that was only one way I killed. Because I also used my knife. And other <laughs> things that I could find. So, all right, you ready, Allie? Mathematically, no. impossible for you to win. But still, you got, you know, pride. Um, number nine. Right. I have age, pride. What age is Andy Barkley turning? At the beginning of the first child's play. So Ali was halfway through thinking through this because she was trying to work it out already. <laughs> but what age was Andy Barkley turning at the beginning of the original child's play? You remember that great birthday where he gets given a huge box with a pair of trousers in it? That's I what we're remember. talking about. Ali, do you want to Allie's go? i pretty quick with this. She's got it down. Yep. Are you ready? Ali. Yep. Yeah. Ali has written down. Six. Six years old from Ali. I was going to say six, but then I changed my mind and said five. Five from Alex. Ali is right. It was six years old. Nice. Nice. Yay. Well played, Ali. Well played. Well played, Ali. Six to three is where we're at with the score right now. Number 10. Last two questions. In Curse of Chucky, and again, Ali, you were halfway through thinking about this. In Curse of Chucky, how many years have passed in the film world from the original child's play movie 
In which movie? In Curse of Chucky. How many years have passed since the original? But in film years. Well, yes. Just dead air. It's beautiful. I suggest you listen to this podcast while at the gym. <laughs> I'm putting question marks next to every answer because I'm not sure mm. of any of them. <laughs> well, hey, if you're sure of anything, life wouldn't be fun. Okay. There you go. Okay. Okay, let's go with Allie. I said 13 years. 13 years from Allie. Alexander Chard. 24? <laughs> 24. So here's a contiguous thing because you did kind of point out that Alex, again, I've, I've sort of done fact checking on these questionnaires. Apparently it's 25 years. Oh, that so is close. Also the, but that's also, uh, isn't that the exact amount it's been in real life as well? 13, 14, 15, yeah, yeah, because, oh, wait. Child's Play 3 is 10, like, doesn't that jump to 98? I was trying to figure out how yeah, old he is in right. Child's Play 3. It jumps 3. to 98. Is he 13 and then or is it he sort of 16? contracts and slows down. Yeah, yeah. and then Bride yep. is set like right after that, technically. So there must be something. I don't know. I'll be honest. I haven't per- I haven't personally done my... Oh, I did fact checking to see it correlated with a few other people saying this. I haven't figured it out myself so to make sure they're correct. Bride but apparently Curse of Chucky resets it all. Worst game so show host ever. So it's the same amount of years. Uh, Neither of you got a point. Neither of you got a point, so it doesn't matter. But apparently it has been 25 years, both in real life of when the <laughs> films came out. I would have got in, it if I was better world. at math. <laughs> I was one off. How, 24. Wait, how old is he? How old is he in the third one? Is he 13 or like He's 15? 16 because it's set 10 years after. Is he 16? It's it meant is to be 10 years? Yeah, it's meant to be set in okay. 98. Well, yeah, it's technically set in the future. Yeah. yeah. But, but then they catch up yeah. later on. All right, final question. We're just playing really now for fun because, Ali, you're out of the game. I'm sorry. Child's Play 3 originally had a subheading in its title. What was it? It wasn't just called Child's Play 3. Originally, it was called Child's Play 3. Oh, that's right. Something. What was the subheading in the title for Child's Play 3? Three and it's still you can still get it in this version some places not certainly in modern formats but it lingers around in certain prints and posters and things like that. I've got it. Alex thinks he's on it. What about Ali again? Writing okay. a little little journey there. Alexander Child, what do you reckon? Child's play three. Look who's stalking. Good, good, Ali. <laughs> what does that say? <laughs> I can't read it. It's too close. It says, Child's Play 3, Don't Watch Me. <laughs> don't watch me. <laughs> that is very good. That is. I'll tell you what, Ali, I'm going to give you a point. It was, though, <laughs> Look Who's Stalking. <laughs> it was Look Who's Stalking. Well done, Alex. I'm kind of terrified you know all this stuff. Uh, a little nod there to the Look Who's Talking films that had uh, been coming out at that era and certainly would have transcended through the decades for people to understand that cinematic nod final scores then for that was seven for alex four for ali with your final brilliant answer (laughs) (laughs) alex sincerely man well done well done little clap little round of applause thank you you. thank you just to confuse our podcast editors for whom we clap whenever we need an edit (laughs) let's let's do some clapping oh no 
You're going to say all the spikes. Yeah, you, you learn many things, Alex. So well done. I'm proud of you. All right. So let's get back into a couple other things. Many other Dole films have been out over the years. So after Child's Play 1 came out, tons of films were coming out that had dolls in them. I tried to watch a whole bunch of them. I've read reviews of them. Tried to look at what are the best Child's Play movies that weren't, you know, Child's Play movies. There's stuff like Dead Silence, which was done by James Wan before he did The Conjuring. There's Dolls, which is a classic one. Silent Night, Deadly Night Part 5 had dolls in it, which is the Christmas franchise. Uh, Bloody Dolls, Demonic Toys, Dolly Dearest. There's that magic one with Anthony Hopkins, you know, where he's got like the mannequin. There's Pinocchio's Revenge, Pin, Tourist Trap, arguably. Uh, the entire Puppet Master series, which is like 11 movies. Annabelle 1, The Conjuring. A lot of them, they're all just terrible, to be honest. Mo- majority, not all of those, but a majority of them are really terrible. Some of them are okay. Many of them, I feel, don't concentrate just on the doll. That's the thing, you know? The yeah. doll turns up at some point. It's a little thing. Like Poltergeist is one. There's some great doll moments in both Poltergeist movies. Uh, well, the original and the remake. But... It's not centric around the doll. So for me, I just have three that I want to suggest to you guys. I know, Alex, you've seen one of these at least. But to anybody else listening, if you're looking for good doll movies, and we can at least speak about one of them, Alex, if it's better than anything in Child's Play. Now, we should definitely start with a huge influence to Child's Play itself, which was a Twilight Zone episode. It's from season five, episode six, just called Living Doll. This is like 56 minutes. Sorry, no, it's about half an hour. I mean... And it's just a great classic little creepy story. It's one of the very first times on film that a doll had been shown to be spooky. And I don't really want to spoil what happens in it because Twilight Zones are just, you know, about simple little twists on things. But it's, it's actually pretty damn creepy. And for a lot of people, it's much creepier than any of the Child's Play movies. It's worth watching. Ooh, I want to watch that. Now. You can go on YouTube and watch it. Yeah, from Twilight Zone, Living Doll. The two movies that I'm going to suggest... One we've mentioned a few times. So, Alex, I want to hear your feelings on it and how it compares to the Child's Play franchise. First one is Annabelle, not the original, because I actually don't think the original is that great, uh, but the spin-off sequel, which was actually a prequel, <laughs> called Annabelle Creation. And this is a movie set in a farmhouse. Set, oh, fuck, I forget which decade it's set in, but a few decades ago at, uh, at an orphanage, essentially, in the middle of nowhere, surrounded by fields, and they had this history... Uh, there of their daughter who's disappeared or died and there's a mother and father there and the mother's not seen much the father's looking a little bit sketchy and they have a doll there which is the annabelle doll now obviously if you've seen the conjuring and you've seen the original annabelle film you know a bit more of the the, where that's going to head to in the future and you're already a bit scared of that doll alex you hadn't seen the conjuring or the original annabelle yep uh spinoff so, uh, and uh, like we keep saying, there's been some similarities between this and Curse because it's set basically in one house mm-hmm. in the middle of nowhere, pretty creepy setup. And the lead character is a girl who's in a wheelchair. Yeah. How does this film for you work? A, not knowing anything else about Annabelle, but B, just in comparison to a film like Curse of Chucky. Well, I think the thing going into it, having not seen any of those films in that franchise, you had, you had basically said, you know, be prepared for a roller coaster ride. And yeah, it is absolutely that. It is, it's sort of nonstop uh, jump scares and thrills and spookiness. And for me, this this certainly far exceeds any of the Chucky films as a standalone horror film. I think it's, yeah, this is played less, like the, the fun and thrills in this are about scaring the audience. You know, Chucky's fun because it's, 
sometimes just off the wall crazy he's he can be actually funny um and it can be a little cartoonish whereas this is like the thrill is through the scares and they use the doll here in a way that is genuinely scary and affecting because you know it's about building that tension and the the expectation of if this doll is going to come alive and it actually never does it's always inanimate and it appears in certain areas and we we never see the doll itself move we see under a sheet move and and for me it's just way more spooky this annabelle creation feels like a horror film for me whereas was whereas chucky and especially as you go through the franchise i feel is really really there to be enjoyed by the fans i, I can't see anyone coming into sort of even those later films coming into the chucky franchise and and really getting excited or being on board with it whereas i feel like annabelle creation having not seen any of the other films i was like great this is as a standalone film really enjoyable very spooky and and just just up against the chucky films just very much more refined and and better handled but but at the same time they're two completely different things. Well, it, that's what I mean. That's why it's interesting is because they are and they aren't in that, yeah, Annabelle Creation is only worried about scaring you. And in Don Mancini, as we've mentioned before, he said, look, Annabelle is a new kid on the block and it's there to try and scare you and it's pretty grim. Everything's pretty grim with it. Whereas he likes having fun. So yes, absolutely. It's a different audience in that way. But just looking at it objectively about, okay, well, two horror films about a doll, similar setups, girl in a wheelchair, house in the middle of nowhere. It's interesting. I mean, Annabelle Creation has three times the money. It was $15 million. But that's still not as much money as some of these Chucky films have had. And I think this movie, it looks beautiful, Creation. It's got some great acting in there. It came out last year. I'd highly, highly recommend it. I really would. If you had any interest in any of the Chucky films, unless you're just there for the sardonic fun and craziness of the Chucky films. But if you're enjoying the spookies with a doll, I would definitely suggest Annabelle Creation. Um, and yeah, it's, it's heartening to me, Alex, to know you don't have to have seen The Conjuring. Annabelle's not in The Conjuring much. She just starts to paint the law. Uh, but you definitely don't need to see that original Annabelle movie. The other movie for me is a film, which I don't think you've seen yet, Alex. I don't think you've seen Ali, called The Boy. And this is a film that I also recommend. This came out the year before in 2016. It was a film that I kind of avoided because it just looked like a bog standard horror film where it's like, yeah, that'll be fine. But why bother? But then my good friend Thomas McCann, who's on this podcast sometimes, and uh, well, actually started these podcasts with me in their original iteration, he's a big horror fan. And he said to me, you really should see The Boy. And I was like, really? doesn't look great. And it's not incredible. I'm not going to say it's life-changing or anything, but it is really, it's much better than I thought it was going to be. It really is. It's, uh, well, I'll just read the synopsis from IMDb. It's about an, an American nanny who is shocked that her new English family's boy is actually a real is actually sorry a life-sized doll after she violates a list of strict rules disturbing events in the house make her believe that the doll is really alive and it's a cool setup this American nanny's like come over to England to look after the child and she only finds out upon arriving that the child is yeah this life-sized doll uh, that they're treating like it's their own child and then they go away and she's been given this list of rules of don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. Make sure you like feed him at this point. Make sure you put him to bed at this point. Read him this story. All of these particular things. And because he's a doll, she starts to break some of those rules. And then weird things start happening around the house. And it's really cool. It really is. Um, I don't want to say anything else about it because it's definitely worth not reading up about and not knowing any of the sort of twists and turns. But uh, yeah, highly recommend. I think both of the films, objectively for me, are better than any of the Chucky movies. But again, they're just trying to be spooky, you know? They're better made. They are spookier. I would say The Boy is definitely more fun to watch than Annabelle Creation. Annabelle Creation is definitely going more for the just just pure spookies. But yeah, 
Highly recommend. And it's kind of weird because like you say, it, it, you can't watch Curse and Cult really, arguably. We'll get to it at the end without knowing a little bit about Chucky first. Um, so it's nice to have these single movies you can jump in and out and get some get some doll spooks on. All right, so we're about to get into our final things where we're going to be ranking the movies and we're going to be pitching what we would like, what we would do with this series next. Before we do though, I have a weird question for both of you. So both of you are on a bunch of these Weird Geeks Horror Channel uh, podcasts. Ali, you've done Texas Chainsaw Massacre and you've done Invasion of the Body Snatchers. And Alex, you've done The Nightmare on Elm Street. Yes. I want to know from each of you two, if you know that there's a prospective new Chucky film coming out, or for you, Ali, there's a new Texas film, and for you, Alex, there's a new Nightmare film, mm-hmm. what are you going to be more excited to see? Like, which one? Are you more, Which franchise, after going through all of this and all of the, like, yeah, Leatherface films and all of those Freddy films... What are you more excited about a prospect of having a new entry in? Ali, go first. So it's weird that you asked this because I know we talked about it on last week's episode and I had already kind of been thinking about it. So even after watching the first Chucky film, so just Child's Play, being so impressed with the fact that they established ground that they were going to be working on throughout the movie... And it made sense to me. I think that spoke volumes about how I felt about Texas Chainsaw. Meaning that I left every movie very confused about why I had the questions that I had to do with narrative versus having questions on a film because you're meant to have questions about those plot holes. They're doing it to, you know, lead into a sequel or a prequel or something like that. But even that being said, I think I would still be more excited for Texas Chainsaw. And I was trying to figure out why... And I think, I honestly think it's just that because they're humans. So I think the fact that the like evil characters in these films are human makes it feel darker and more interesting for me. Are you sure it's not just because you're from Texas and you're racist? I am a little bit biased. (laughs) (laughs) You're just hoping that Matthew McConaughey is going to come back. It's also that too for sure i'm always excited for matthew mcconaughey i also think it's interesting that both of the most recent films were released in 2017 both at least start taking place in mental homes and deal with characters who have different mental illnesses and i think that's interesting for texas chainsaw that was one of my top films and same with chucky the that last one was my top one so i think ending on a good note for the franchises at this point so far they're kind of in this like a equal place for me but i think i'd be more excited for texas interesting interesting alex what's it going to be the chuck or the fredster yeah this is like a really interesting question and i um, it was a nice surprise that you put it in for me the first nightmare on elm street is better than any of the chucky films as a horror film it's such a good can confirm it is such a great, great film, that one. But sadly for that franchise, it doesn't, it just doesn't sort of sustain that. The only other one I, I really, really like is uh, New Nightmare, which is the other one Rez Craven did. I think he wrote the third one, but he wrote and directed the first one and New Nightmare. And those are my favorite hands down. Whereas, yeah, I sort of reflecting on this franchise i've sort of come out of it and probably has proven in that quiz he gave gave is like i've i've absorbed a lot of it but i've also found a real affection for the franchise as a whole um and i think 
the very fact that Don Mancini has had control over this for the whole time, has, even when he's gone off on wacky tangents and done crazy things like in Seed, you know, there's still a sense of continuity and a sense of this 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 idea and this character that really belongs to the one person. And I've become very affectionate for that. Whereas with Freddie, I, I, I didn't walk away with, I didn't walk away feeling that at the end of it. Even even with the the remake, it's still kind of it didn't it didn't sort of stay with me as long, and it sort of missed. Yeah, it it was missing something for me. It, whereas these last two Chucky films have really hit the tone that I really wanted, and 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 yes, there are parts that I don't like, and I do worry about where it's going to go next, but. Yeah, I certainly feel way more invested now in in Chucky and and have an affection for this franchise that that would probably make me choose seeing this before I saw another Freddy film. Interesting. I mean, yeah. to be clear to both of you, they're all coming. All three all three franchises are a hundred percent going to get sequels at some point, and we mm-hmm. have to cover them all. Yeah, literally, just as you talk, as you guys were talking, I suddenly asked myself the same question as as the only one seeing like all three. And it's like, yeah, it's weird. It's because it's, it's for different reasons, isn't it? But the thing is, like, I'll watch any of them because I just love seeing a sequel to a franchise. But the Texas Chainsaw Massacre ones, I feel like you know what you're going to get. Like, they tend to circle around the same kind of thing. With the Nightmare on Elm Street, I'm excited about it because he's definitely, you know, a bigger icon than yeah, Chucky. Yeah, for sure. Freddy is. But it's hard to recapture him since Robert Englund moved on. But going back to it that second time, as you can hear in our uh, Nightmare on Elm Street uh, remake, podcast i didn't have as much of a problem with james l uh sorry what's his name not james l jones um, with <laughs> <laughs> that's a very different bit of casting uh, oh yeah james um, l ray oh fuck james l ray <laughs> wait or is that charles charles lee ray holy shit that is charles lee ray i didn't have as big a problem with charles lee ray playing freddy krueger jackie earl ray i didn't have as big a problem with jackie earl ray and I think there's a lot of interesting things you could do with the Nightmare on Elm Street. So that does get me pumped. With Chucky, it's for a whole different reason. What you're excited about is, what the fuck is Don Mancini <laughs> going to do now with this mess? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Make really a musical! Like, it's like, you're in such a fucking mess, man. What are you going to do next? And that fascinates me. So purely, it's kind of almost perverse with Chucky. Uh, whereas with Nightmare, I, I'm genuinely excited of, can they get back to how great that series should be? And with Leatherface, it's like, I know what I'm going to get. That's cool. Like, I'm always happy to see that. So I've potentially actually put Nightmare as the one I'm most excited for. And Chucky may be second just because I like Don Mancini a lot. If there's one thing this franchise has done for me, it's made me respect, even with someone like Seed, that he is bold and does different things and is creatively invested in this in a way that no other horror creator has been, I don't think. And I respect him immensely. Even though, as you say, Alex, he's never made a seminal movie or written a seminal movie like A Nightmare on Elm Street, like Halloween 1, you know, even like certain entries in Friday the 13th, you could argue are better than any of the Chucky films. Yeah, but I respect him. really do. So talking about that then, what is Tom Manzini going to do with this mess next? I want to know what you guys would do with this mess. So I don't know how much thought you put into this. I don't know if you just came up with whole new like etch-a-sketch, let's just shake it clean and start again. Or if you followed on directly from Cold of Chucky. But I pose to you guys, if you controlled the Chucky franchise... What is your pitch for the next movie in this? So let's start with Alison Holland. So I have two. And oh they could my become God. Overachiever. They could, Me too. They could be they could be combined. 
And oh, I mentioned I'm sure Don Mancini could definitely combine them. Absolutely. For like four <laughs> different movies. He I mentioned this in the last podcast as well. And I also mentioned it in Texas Chainsaw. I just fucking want a musical horror movie. That's all I want in life. So I want a musical. I also think it would be very interesting to play around in a world where people know that Chucky exists and know that he is alive mm. and are just working to try to contain it. Just to, to contain just To Chucky. contain Chucky, yeah. And we left off with multiple Chuckies existing. So it could be playing with that. It could be playing with having multiple Chuckies alive and they only think one is alive and then they get rid of it and do whatever they do to make sure he's dead, but then things are still happening. And I think there's a lot that could be play, played with there. And especially going off of ending the last film with an extra scene that it brings Kyle back. I think that would be a very easy way to bring back all the old characters that he would want to bring back. Because if it's a world where people know Chucky exists, then his history still exists and you can bring back whoever you want. Unless you killed him. But Interesting, interesting. I like it. Okay. You could play a lot into social medias with that as well. You could get some good social co commentary going. Yeah. With the world, the world being in on it and trying to like, what does Chucky do when no one, everyone knows who he is and potentially isn't as scared as him? You don't yeah. have those reveals of like, oh my God, the doll's alive. It's like, yeah, whatever, dude. Pint size. Yeah, well, to be fair, people's reactions to realizing Chucky was alive were not always the best. So I don't think he gets that either <laughs> way. All right. Alex, would you green light either of those two movies? Sure. Why not? They're not mine. Yeah. They're not my ideas, but spare. sure, I agree. Like, got money to spend. You're both hired as co-writers, <laughs> and Alex, you can I'm, star I'm in definitely, it. I'm definitely interested in this musical one, and as we'll get to in a second, yeah, Don Mancini's interested in that as well. Alex, what I'm are your pitches? Well, so I initially had two ideas, but then one of those sort of split. So the first idea actually isn't really mine. It's more yours, Al. You spoke about a sort of Orient Express-style Chucky. And I think for oh, me, that's Don Mancini. did he actually say that? Oh yeah, he said that. Okay, yeah, so, yeah, so that's for me, him. That's not me, for me, one of those, yeah, would be something along those lines where you still have this history and mythology, but Chucky is removed from the kind of people and the characters that we already know, and it's a more isolated experience where people aren't necessarily connected to Charles Lee Ray and his history and Chucky. So something like that, I think, would be really cool. So because then it becomes just a pure, like it becomes a Chucky film, and we're not going to get bogged down with all this other stuff, and it can just sort of play. I was thinking like you could really play with Charles Lee Ray's like rage and anger that he is is trapped as Chucky. Like we sort of see it come in waves, and generally by this stage in these films, there's an acceptance that he's in the doll, but it would be nice to see him like fucking really pissed about that and then go on a rampage the other two ideas so these initially i was just like when you sent me that question i was like chucky 2100 as in like the year <laughs> and so but then that idea split into two different forms so one i was thinking you could have where the people in this timeline say andy or um kyle have have taken chucky and in an effort to like get rid of him, bury him deep in the ground and you fast forward a hundred years in the future and he's brought back up 
and either it seems I, like a time capsule. Yeah, just like either the head or <laughs> either the head, which then could be attached to a doll or or like a AI body and and or like an actual doll is recovered as like this sort of relic from a hundred years ago. And it's like Chucky in this new world that he's discovering, but still kind of feeding <laughs> his appetite. And the the other idea that's split from that would be like a complete reboot of the series where Chucky is not like a, a good guy's doll, but is something more contemporary where he's like an AI style doll. Interesting. Where maybe rather than voodoo, you have like, and, and this might be sort of going into kind of Black Mirror kind of territory, where you have the consciousness of Charles Lee Ray is like booted into this this AI yeah. doll. Um, and, cool. and, and you like reboot the series then. And so it's this like more contemporary and it's this crazy AI doll that goes on a rampage. Um, Why not? Why not? Fucking Black Mirror. Why not yeah. do a Black Mirror series where they just, uh, each of the episodes covers a classic, you know, icon in horror. Yeah. And yeah. does something new with it. Yeah. That'd be awesome. Yeah. I like that. That's cool. And that's, yeah, that's definitely a contemporary way to reboot it. I feel reboots are always like, let's do, you know, let's like do an 80s throwback kind of reboot. It's like, yeah, do something new and fresh. And yeah. I like it. I will be speaking to Don I'll- Mancini. Yes. Well, this is our official pitches right now, Don Mancini. I'm gonna, I'm genuinely gonna tweet this podcast to him when we once once we've got it up. I'm gonna about to go off the deep end, so I apologize. But I was thinking about it over the last uh, over last night and then today. I've done a lot of walking and some pondering to come up with my pitch. Um, and I try to tackle it a little different from you guys. I've tackled it literally as what do I do from the mess that he's left us in. That's what I've gone with. <laughs> so we know that the reality is what Domencini wants to do, and we've talked about where he wants to go as a musical, which will make Ali very happy and me happy because, like, fuck it, why not? And the Orient Express kind of version of Chucky on a train. I love that idea. I think that would be cool as well. I'm excited for either of those. But here's where I would go with the mess that he's gave, given us, and it's going to get a little bit detailed, all right? <laughs> so hold on because this is going to be a rocky boat ride. So, I'm going to have the film start with a literal bang as we have a police SWAT car smashing into the car that Nika and Tiffany and Jennifer are driving. They've literally, we're following on almost immediately from the end of Cult of Chucky, okay? They're driving away, they're through the snowy landscape, but we have this police car like smashes into them, they come off the snowy road, they're near a diner, they're getting shot at. They're in like a big firefight straight away. We're in a very different tone. This is immediately more like, like a almost like a, what's it called the devil's rejects it's got like a real sort of grimy real true romance almost feel to it you know they're under fire snow's falling it's really beautiful nika comes out and is shooting at the cop she gets shot in the shoulder but then the the police start firing on the car as nika like scrambles away towards the diner jennifer however turns around because she's realized no i've left the tiffany doll in the car so she wants to go back for Tiffany. So she goes back for Tiffany. And in a crossfire, as she's going back to Tiffany, she gets killed. She's shot. She's like crawling back into the car with blood going everywhere. And then the police fire the, the car so much that it all explodes. And Nika, who's now just like crawling into the diner, about to get through that door to safety, sees it and turns and screams. And with Fiona Duris acting, I'm talking about let's fucking like, you know, give this everything. She screams. We see Jennifer and Tiffany in the car going up in flames, burning. And then we get a bullet in the head. Nika's killed. And as a bullet goes into the head, title comes up. And that's it. That's like our opening. Nice. Cold, <laughs> brutal. 
we've we've immediately cleared oh, the slate right. of three characters i don't want <laughs> anymore i want nico but go. he's not possessed and in my head i'd like to get back to the child's play monica because i don't feel chucky suits my vision of where the series is going to go i feel chucky's too goofy it's too kind of like it's about chucky where this is definitely more child's play uh, but as a chucky title weirdly alex because you kind of mentioned it earlier mine was the secret of chucky secret of chucky was my title Ooh. but i would like a child to play something i can't figure it out anyway meanwhile we're back at a mental institute, okay? And we see what happened. The police arrived at a mental institute. And what did they do? What did they see? Well, they saw, well, there's dead bodies everywhere. And then there's a Chucky doll in the lounge area. And then there's a dead Chucky doll in Andy's cell. And Nika is gone. So they presume, of course, Nika did it all. Like, Nika's got this heritage of killing people and blaming it on the Chucky dolls. So they presume it was Nika. That's why they went after her and Tiffany and Jennifer and managed to track them down. And they're letting Andy out because why, why would you, you know, Andy shouldn't be in there. He was clearly trapped by Nika. So they let Andy out. And Andy's smarter now. You know, he realizes I'm not going to be able to convince all these people that Chucky exists. I'm just going to play it cool and handle things my own way. So we see all the dead bodies. They let Andy out. And then he overhears a police officer talking on a walkie-talkie about what happened to Nika and Jennifer Tilly. So he knows that they're all dead. And then we see him eyeing up the regular doll. You know, the, that last Chucky doll that reset himself in the lounge. He's eyeing that one up as we see it get bagged up as, as evidence. Then we cut to his cabin. Carl's there with the bodiless Chucky. They're just hanging out, doing their thing. Kind of similar to how we get to Andy and Chucky at the beginning of Cult. But Chucky, headless Chucky, he stopped talking. So he's just like inanimate, just the head nailed to this plank of wood. And we don't know if it's on purpose. We don't know if it's in reaction to all the things that have happened to Nika dying, to Jennifer dying, to Tiffany dying. But he's just like this frozen head and it's really spooky. And Carl's freaked out by it. Andy then turns up at the cabin and brings in, he's stolen the final Chucky. We don't need to see how, who cares? He's stolen the Chucky <laughs> from the police. <laughs> and it's the last one he believes along with his head. And then he's going to put it away in the safe. All right. When it turns out, Kyle, who he hasn't obviously seen in a while, and we don't know the journey she's been on, the crazy places she's been on, and how she's affected by everything, she gets really turned on by all of this violence with Chucky craziness and being able to talk to Chucky. So she just starts making out with Andy, and then they start getting it on, and we have some sexy, <laughs> sexy time. So now we've got like Kyle and Andy. Do we finally get fucking, nudity? Yeah, they're just going at it, basically, yeah. in the background. And, Aren't they like brother and, and his sister? <laughs> No, not really. Okay. No. I, didn't think about, I didn't think about that. No, but anyway, he was only there briefly. He was there briefly. Home. Yeah, and he was in and out. It was fine. And he's in and out here too. They're just fucking going at it. And, so, <laughs> and I like it that it's like, it's going to be like a mirror of Charles Lee Ray and Tiffany, you see? Because she's kind of got a bit of the crazy in her, a bit like Tiffany. Not to that Jennifer Tilly extreme but a bit of the crazy. And I like that kind of juxtaposition of, oh, Andy's actually become kind of more cold and more like Charles Lee Ray. And Kyle's become a little bit crazy and unhinged like Tiffany. So they're just going at it. So they've left this fucking doll out while they're going at it. What's going on? Yeah. So then blah, 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 blah. <laughs> then yeah, we, we see in. Chucky's shadow jacking off no, we'll, to no, the we don't two need of to. them. Then we just... <laughs> How dare you? Don't sully my dark, my dark <laughs> entry. You gotta and then have a callback. We pan over to the doll. We pan over to the doll, but nothing happens. We're going more Annabelle style. We're not really showing the moving much. Like we haven't seen a Chucky doll move yet. But at some point, I haven't figured out all the details. But at some point, while they're like you know having fun and probably snoozing afterwards, the mental institute Chucky 
in the first time we see him move, he rips off his own head. That's the very first thing we're going to see is like, we'll be pulling in towards the back of him. And then suddenly his hands go to his head and he just rips off his head. And then he goes and sews on the bodiless Chucky's head from the plank of wood onto his body. So you have this weird mismatch of like the clean underneath and then that completely fucked up half a head missing, you know, like bodiless Chucky. And it goes really, really, it's really fucking dark and serious. Now Chucky's still talking, but he's not got a sense of humor he used to have. He's really pissed. They've killed Jennifer. They've killed Tiffany. He's finally then balled himself into things and they killed Tina as well. Uh, sorry, Nika. He wanted to get revenge on Nika, if not possess her. And now both have been robbed from him because she's just put in the ground. So he's really serious and angry now. And he's got Andy and Kyle to blame for this. So now a large chunk of the movie, the majority of the movie is going to be Andy and Kyle fighting Chucky uh, in a, like a real sort of slasher film thing they're gonna like go from their cabin through the woods end up at another cabin as they try and escape he breaks in it's going to be going back to like the classic sort of slasher tropes but with a really menacing nasty chucky after them but then andy says wait there's only one person who's going to believe them and help them so they get into a car and start driving but chucky manages to like he's in the car as well and he manages to run them off the road we have a huge like car crash as we're getting into the suburbs of a nearby town we learned from cult of chucky you can get from this cabin to a city pretty quick for dates so he's able to get there they're in the suburbs the car comes off the road kyle dies protecting andy all right <laughs> so we've only got her for this one movie and it's for a really love. sad moment she dies protecting andy but andy wounded manages to get to the door of the house that he was that they were heading to and he's banging on the door banging and banging and the door opens who opens it it's only his mother played by it's only karen barkley played once again by katherine hicks who we learnt in the post-credit scene of curse of chucky that she got out of the mental institute and it was hinted that she actually married the detective eventually Uh, she did but sadly detective norris has died uh, in between movies because no one wants that so Andy gives her a massive hug gives her a big hug and we have this tender cool moment we're like awesome we got the mother back she's played by the same person but what happens Chucky kills Andy while he's in his mother's arms hugging her killed from the back mother screams as we watch Andy finally die Carl's dead Andy's dead everyone's falling like flies she looks down at the killer doll we get some cool little quip I don't know I'm not a writer and then she tries to slam the door in his face and then we get this final confrontation as she's trying to get upstairs for some reason, but we don't know. And then Chucky manages to like slash her the legs and then he brings her down. We've just had the mother back and we're all excited. And Chucky fucking takes her down. Because that's what Chucky's that's what Chucky's like in this movie, man. It's a he's blood serious, bar, right? Al. It's a he's blood not bar. fucking around. He's not <laughs> fucking around. And then he's standing over a body and he's breathing heavy and he's covered in blood. And then we hear these little footsteps and then a voice from off screen and it says, Grandma? And Chucky looks up. And we see a little boy who's around six or seven years old standing at the top of the stairs in his pajamas. And we realize it's Andy Barkley's son. And he gave the son to his mother to look after because his life was too dangerous because he was on the trail of just taking down Chucky. That's what he's been doing for years. And we've seen that. That's what he's doing. So he 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 irresponsibly had a child and gave it to his mother so that he could kill a a dog. Exactly. He got a child and then he left it. Who better? Who? Look, look, how dare you, Allie? Who better than Karen Barkley to look after a kid? So he's given it to his mother. So I'll just have raise. a kid and give it to Karen. While he's trying to take down the Chuckster. And then here <laughs> it is. And we end on the end credits. It's like Chucky standing there at the bottom of these stairs just looking up. And then realizing it's all come full circle. And he's now got Andy's kid in front of him. He's also six or seven. He's standing there. The 
dead body of the mother, the grandma there, the dead body of his father, Carl dead outside with a car just strewn, end credits. Where do we go from there? That's my film. Thank you very much. So you just gave it a little bit of thought then. <laughs> just a little. I was thinking about it a lot. Today. I love it. I love you it. You could just edit edit that out as its own little clip and just send that to Don. Just send that to Don. All right. I'll do that. Because he might I'll not listen to this whole thing, but he could listen to that and just send it to him with no context. Yeah. But then it's like, I like, we got like fucked. Can you imagine Chucky from then on has that fucked up head? And then we've got the kids, so you could go back into something again. But you've cleared the yeah. slate of all of the mess, as far as I'm concerned. Everybody's gone what, and you can start over. What I had to think about was what do, what do I want Chucky to want? And I realized what I want him to want is revenge. That's why I, yep. when I enjoy Chucky the most is when he's on revenge. And the problem was, is like there wasn't really anyone for him to have revenge on. So I had to bring back the mother. And then I was like, you know what you need? You need new blood. So A new six-year-old. Created new blood. <laughs> There you go. That's my secret of Chucky movie. Well <laughs> I done. I love the title too. Very good title. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. All right. Well, that's what, <laughs> these are the things that we want. Who knows what Don Mancini will end up doing, but I'm looking <laughs> forward to finding out. If we're right here at the end. Let's just rank these fucking movies, shall we? And then get on out of here. Or I can tell people what we're doing next. Before have, we do that. Oh, hang I on. have one trivia question for you too. If you oh, would like shit. me to answer, ask now or after we reveal our lists. I mean, do it. Do it now. Do it now? Mm-hmm. Okay. Who can name the three famous oh, I'm out. killers <laughs> that Charles Lee Ray is named after? Oh, Charles uh, Manson, Charles Harvey Manson, Lee Oswald, yeah, and, Oswald uh, and Ray Park. Not Ray Parker. Uh, <laughs> Ray. Fuck. Yeah, I always remember the third one I didn't know so well. Yeah, I can't do the third one. Right. I can give you a hint. Please. We celebrated a person he killed very recently. Ah, uh, yeah, uh, Martin Luther King's killer. Yeah, I can never remember his name, right? Oh, Jesus. I can't Alex do has his head on the microphone. <laughs> I've got a blank. I can't think of his full name. What's his, his name, name? Do you want it? His yes. name is James Earl Ray. That's it. James Earl Ray. Which is yeah, what we called Jackie <laughs> Lee Ray. <laughs> yeah. Or whatever, Earl Ray. Yeah. We got confused. Yep. Haley Osmond, all of them. Fuck, good question, Ali. Good question. Very good. Should have put that in there. All right, so before we give our own rankings, I'm going to give, this is what IMDb says. So according to the official rating on IMDb, this is the order of greatness of these movies. Are you ready? Yep. The worst film in the series at number seven, according to IMDb, is Seed of Chucky with 4.9. They are uh, correct. The sixth worst film or greatest film, depending on how you want to look at it, is Child's <laughs> Play 3 with a simple five right down the middle. At number five is Cult of Chucky with a 5.2. Wow. Third worst, according Damn. to them. I'm wow. telling you, man, a lot of people don't like it. A lot of people don't like it. Bride of Chucky is at number four with a 5.4, which shocked me. I thought that one would be higher. Curse of Chucky gets a 5.6 at number three. And the top two movies are Child's Play 2 with 5.8. And Child's Play 1 is a f- number one movie at 6.6. Nothing gets above a seven or even a seven in, in this franchise on IMDb. 
which is pretty pretty low even but yeah you'd expect maybe the first one it's a pretty low there between 4.9 and 6.6 but yeah that's what imdb says but who gives a shit what they think with all their critics and all of their sophistication i want to know what you, you what you guys think let's we start. don't have sophistication allison holland give us your worst to best rankings please all righty I think it will come as no surprise that I agree with IMDb on the last one. Please don't say come. Seed of Chucky at number seven. Counting backwards at number six, I have Child's Play 3. I think that will also not be a surprise. So the same as IMDb for those two. So far. Here is where I change it up. Number five, I have down Curse of Chucky. Oh, you hater. <laughs> and then uh, number four i have down child's play two okay okay and then top three was hard for me wasn't it just i ended up <laughs> i ended up putting bride of chucky at three and then having a very hard time deciding whether child's play should be at number one or cult of chucky should be at number one Mm-hmm. And I have reasons for to argue both of them at number one, and I have reasons to argue for both of them being at number two. So I ended up putting Child's Play at number two and Cult of Chucky at number one. Oh, but wow. But with, with hesitations. <laughs> I Story-wise and flexibility in terms of who is able to watch it, I think mm-hmm. Child's Play wins hands down, but I think Cult of Chucky has way more interesting characters, and you just can't beat the acting at all. Like I think Cult of Chucky wins in terms of acting by a landslide, and that's important for me, and that kind of ties me into it, so that's why I ended up making that decision. So you've got Seed of Chucky, Child's Play 3, Curse of Chucky... Child's Play 2, Bride of Chucky, uh, Child's Play and then Cult of Chucky at number one. Interesting. Good list. No, I mean, I think you raise a very good point. I'm going to get to Alex before I get to me, but I do think something that is definitely influential here is that it's regardless of what order you put these in, it's hard to go to the later films without knowing what's happened before. It really is. For sure. Yep. Yep. Particularly a film like Cult, like you guys were saying, like it's, it's very tough to watch that on its own alex give us your list sir yeah that is i agree it is tough to watch those but i'm not taking any of that into consideration and it's just a purely subjective list (laughs) and there's yeah like there's some in my list where i know that a certain film is probably better than a film i ranked higher but it's yeah anyway i'll get into it as i go so for yeah no surprises for the bottom two seed of chucky Absolute bottom, the less said, the better. Child's Play, <laughs> Child's Play 3 We talked is, about uh, that movie for like two and a half hours, man. I know. <laughs> Next up is Child's Play 3. It was a cool premise. It could have been cool, but it wasn't. It was awful. Next up. Now, I I said this earlier that I, I, I have a lot more respect for this as a film, and I think it's probably one of the, the better ones for sure, but it's actually just lower on my list because of how much I enjoyed it. Maybe this will change if I decide to go back and watch it, but I've put Child's Play, the first one, Child's Play, uh, next on my oh list. Oh, my God. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, just just because 
uh, yeah, I just didn't enjoy it as much and didn't have as much fun. But at the same time, I think it is actually better a better film than my next two on the list. Now, these two I just changed at the last minute, but I'm going to put Bride of Chucky next. Interesting. I thought that would be much higher for you. Yeah, it, initially it was. And I look, I really enjoyed it and I really had fun with this film. But unfortunately, you know, like you said, Al, just didn't, didn't enjoy any of the, the human characters and the Tiffany character and their dynamic gets a little annoying at the end. But, you know, it was, it was still a fun ride for me and it sort of, yeah, it, I enjoyed it a lot. But ahead of that, I've put Child's Play 2. I know of course that, you have. I know this one was a little too cartoony for you guys, which kind of echoes with Bride and sort of sets the course of where the franchise sort of heads towards in the next couple of films following it. But I still really like Andy. I really like Kyle. I like the scene in the school. Yeah, it is bright and colorful, particularly at the beginning in the warehouse and at the end in the warehouse. But but I, I, I really enjoyed it. I liked Kyle and Andy. As well as Chucky. I think here he's still kind of sort of crazy and mean, but but that humor is certainly starting to to come through. Next up. These are your top two films. My then. top two. I have And they're put, both the most recent. They are the both yeah, both most recent. This was really tough, but at number two I put Cult of Chucky. Oh my god. I think Cult of Chucky was a far better film than Curse. I think the ensemble was much better. I've, I've sort of already said this before, but the last act and the sort of return of Tiffany and the Tiffany doll just really worries me. It sort of, it just, it, it, it pulled it back to where I didn't want it to go. And it, it worries me for where it's going to go next. And for that reason, like that was a strong enough reason for me to put it at two, even though I think it's a better film. Curse is my number one purely because it, as I've said many times, it it it, it trims all the the excess and trims the fat from from the franchise at that point. <laughs> and yeah, it may not be as well executed, but Fiona Jurif carries that film. She's really enjoyable to watch. Chucky the way that they sort of echo child's play with drawing out the reveal of Chucky and the tension is really, really great. It's, it's more mature in tone, obviously Chucky's line, the you fucking should be. And that face and the peeling of his, his rubber face to reveal the stitches, like so many good surprises in that film. Some great fan service with the history without kind of, really throwing it in our face until maybe sort of towards the end where they tied in with Charles Lee Ray. It's not perfect, but I think it's, and and as I said, it's subpar when it comes to other horror films, but you know, I, I still think you could, you could come into this franchise pretty fresh uh, without having seen the others and, and be able to watch that, even though, you know, it may not be as good as other horror films around. So, so for me, that, that is my number one with absolute certainty. Oh my god! I did not expect that at all. I thought Pride would be much higher. I thought Cult would maybe be higher than Curse. Interesting. Look at you, always with the controversial list at the end of our franchises. 
Alex Ham. So just to clarify, Alex, that was Cedar Chucky at number seven. Charles play three at number six. Charles play at number five. Bride of Chucky at number four. Charles play two at number three. Cult of Chucky at number two. And Curse of Chucky at number one. Ali, you had Cedar Chucky at number seven. Charles play three at number six. Curse of Chucky at number five, yeah? Charles uh, play two. Yep. And then Bride of Chucky. And then what was your top two again? Which order? Sorry. Child's Play at two and Cult of Chucky at one. Okay. I respect okay. that list. Okay. I respect it. We had well, interesting three and that... four flip-flopped. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, and you also had like, I mean, yeah. How do you feel, Ali? Same because of Chucky, two. your third least favorite. Yeah. And Alex's favorite of the series. I know. <laughs> what can you do? What can you do? Never talk again. Never, ever talk. What I <laughs> want to know, Alex, is, is so... Your lovely, your lovely wife, Bethany, she tried to watch somebody's with you and then kept leaving for the kitchen in the early days. Mm -hmm. I remember these stories of you going, you're missing it. And she was yep. like, I know, from yep. the next room. <laughs> now, I was there with you, obviously, when we watched Curse of Chucky and both of our partners were hanging out making a jigsaw puzzle in the background because we're, we're just rock and roll couples. So it's just the way that we do stuff. And they both kind of, uh, well, Katie had actually already seen it before. So she was sort of rewatching it a bit while they're doing that stuff. And Bethany was watching a bit. And then Bethany had to admit afterwards, the next day, she said to me, it was all right. Yeah. That film was tolerable, I believe was one of the words that mm -hmm. she used, which surprised her from a Chucky film. Yeah. Did she watch Cult of Chucky with you? No. And if I, so, I, did she prefer that or not? Well, that was the thing. I thought, you know, there was a, there was a more positive response to seeing Curse, I thought, okay, well, maybe she'll want to sit and watch the last one, and uh, she refused, so I watched it with my housemate, <laughs> Carter. <laughs> so it wasn't quite enough to did push it. Did he know he was nature. your second option? Just... No, she, I, I asked her around and said, do you want to, to watch it? Sort of, and yeah, it was just a, it was just a no, and so I, I watched it when she went and took a... She didn't, she didn't uh, even do anything else. She just sat in the corner of a room. Just yeah, you know, she, uh, I took the opportunity while she was out taking a class, a fitness class or something. Right. And so I watched Fair it. enough. Which was a real shame. I think she would have been surprised. Yeah, probably. Katie, I know, was a bit surprised. I don't know if she preferred it or not. But, uh, but yeah, so my list is we, we all share something in common with IMDb. Number seven for Seed of Chucky. Number six for Charles Play 3. I think there's one thing you're taking away from this franchise is that those are the two to avoid. I have to say, yeah. I can still watch three. Like, I don't think three is so bad that I can't watch it. It's just dull, basically, at the end of the day. It just doesn't really do anything. For me, at number five is Charles Play 2, the one I'm most likely to go back to pretty soon. <laughs> but it's not what I want from a Chucky movie. I can appreciate, Alex, why you enjoy it. I think maybe if that's what you're looking for or you have time for that in this franchise, then it's a better film. But not for me. Number four is Bride of Chucky. Like you guys, I remember enjoying this in 98 and I still enjoy it now, but I still have the same problems. I don't care about the characters. It's too long. There's too much stuff with Tiffany, which I don't really enjoy. And the ending is just batshit, stupid, crazy, uh, which is both good and bad. It's a party film. Ronnie Yu makes those kind of things. He went on to make Freddy vs. Jason after this, which is very similar in tone. I would argue more fun, but it just depends what characters you're into. And then at number three, and I had to think hard about this as well. Like you guys, between these three, although Valley didn't have to think about one of them. Yeah, it was difficult for me, but I'm putting Curse of Chucky at number three. Again, this is the one that's closest to what I want. That's the problem. Like this is the one that I I I prefer the single location, uh, and it's definitely my favorite version of Chucky. I will say that out of all the films, Curse of Chucky is my favorite version of Chucky. Not just when he's sad face doll, but all the other types. 
he's just more spooky in this like there's not really any, this is like the most humorless he is other than the first one and i like it a whole bunch it's got the best twists in the entire franchise i want to put this higher i just can't because of acting and execution really at number two is child's play the original for me i just think it's a good film i really do i think it's like it feels like how a first entry in a horror franchise should be you know it's not certainly not a stomping classic like a night on elm street but this feels like yeah that's like a good solid beginning to something there are some cool moments some chilling moments not really any fun moments because it's not that fun but i like it and i like yeah alex as andy and i just the vibe of it's cool the detective stuff is ridiculous and funny i could laugh at that stuff for sure remember some of the lines that detectives were saying to each other and then they'd be like cleaning up a body and then she's like oh you're in my house and they'd just get yeah. out of the house just like ridiculous <laughs> so which means my number one is cult of chucky and again these are hard decisions because none of these three films in my top three are perfect they all have different elements of what i want from a chucky film so if you could mix these three together then i'd get what i'm looking for but cult of chucky yeah it's got great directing yeah the best acting across the board for one of these films fiona really just like god i hope she gets other things to do i really do because she's so good and i don't know what else she's doing but like fuck she needs to be in, in dramas and while the twists are nowhere near as good as curse of chucky the build-up is fantastic i prefer to build in this movie not knowing what the fuck is going on and i do think as my pitch for the next chucky proved that the ending of this movie tiffany's multiple tiffany's included is savable it's called <laughs> kill all the characters <laughs> in a very stylish way <laughs> so yeah my number one is Cult of Chucky, but I hold out hope for this franchise. And that's a weird thing. I'm holding out hope that the next one I could like even more. And that's an unusual thing when we get to the end of one of these is genuinely thinking, not only do I hope it, but it genuinely could be better. Don Mancini is improving, I think, with each film mm -hmm. with direction. So like, who knows? Like it really could. The next one could be the one that we all agree on is suddenly like, yep, that's actually the best Chucky yet. And I look forward to that day where we get to reopen this vault, climb back in to our little dungarees. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, thank you sincerely both for joining me on this, this franchise. What a pleasure. I, uh, thank you too. I, yeah. I get a little sad at the end of these franchises because it's a little, it's a weird bonding thing that you have with, with each of us. And I know you're both hanging your hats for a little bit. So Ali, you've been on the last couple in a row from the horror channel at least alex you've yep. been in a, from a couple in a row from star wars to this i'm mm -hmm. uh, gonna give you both a break so for people who weren't listening to our previous podcast what we're going to be doing from next friday so let me get my actual little calendar up so i get all these dates right so people know what is going on so it's gonna be from friday the 2nd of february we're going to be starting the Hellraiser franchise. We're going to be getting into the Lament configuration. And this is going to be me covering it. Uh, Katie Watson is going to be coming back, who covered our original uh, Horror Channel franchise Friday the 13th with me and Justin Macaroni Maraconda, who is also coming back. Uh, so we're going to have the original crew from Friday the 13th back to get into Hellraiser. I've warned them both multiple times what they're getting themselves into. <laughs> they haven't listened. Good luck <laughs> uh, with so that. So here we go. 10 films we're going to be doing all 10 hellraiser movies in the lead up to the new hellraiser movie which is coming out uh called hellraiser judgment and then of course hellraiser wrap up after that 
Alex, correct me if I'm wrong, but you might well be back with us for the one after that, which is going to be Scream. Was that one of the ones you said you're in? Yep, I'm in. Potentially. Okay, cool, cool, cool. So hopefully you'll hear Alex again there with Scream. Not sure which ones Ali's going to be jumping in on, uh, but after that, I'm going to reveal the, I'm going to reveal the year right now. Are you ready? Yep. We've got Halloween. Oh, sorry, Hellraiser. Then we're following with Scream. Then after Scream, we're going to be getting into something different. We're going to be doing a Spanish series. So we're going to be doing the Wreck films. In. These are found footage zombie horror films. There's only four of them, and they I go mean, to some very strange places. And then after the wreck films, we're going to be doing Final Destination, getting through all five of those. And then we're right on schedule to get into Halloween. The reason I started this horror channel to begin with, my personal favorite uh, slasher icon. And we're going to be taking the Halloween films all fucking how many are those? There's plenty of those. Seven, eight, nine, ten. All ten of them, but eleven this year because we're about to get the new Halloween movie with Jamie Lee Curtis and uh, John Carpenter back to executive produce and do the score for. Fucking pumped. Very excited. Um, and that will see us through till right till the end of the year, pretty much. And then after that, I believe the first one we're going to be doing is Paranormal Activity. In. Seeing us into 2019. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a long projection we've got. That's a packed fucking year. And they're going to keep coming. I also recently, I wanted to say this to you guys, because I've just been having an idea that I'd like to do, uh, potentially after Hellraiser, which is, I think it would, I'm trying to work out how many it would be. I think it would be three episodes of specials. And here's what they would be. Because we've got the same crew. So here's the crew of the Horror Channel at the moment. It's Ali, me, Justin, Katie, Alex. Am um, I missing out anybody? Do I feel bad? Am I being a horrible person? No, I think that's yeah. it, isn't it? Yeah. So while I'm contemplating, because we've been covering, we've been mixing around a little bit. So you haven't seen the Texas Chainsaw franchise, Alex. You guys haven't seen the Friday the 13th ones. Justin hasn't seen the Nightmare on Elm Street ones. Justin also hasn't seen this one uh, that we've just been finishing covering right now. Bit of Chucky. And then we've got Hellraiser coming up. What I'm contemplating is looking at the math of does it work out that we could do a little special where basically we get all of us around the table and the people who are covering a franchise pick a film. It doesn't have to be the best film, but pick a film that they feel represents that franchise to try and get the other people excited about that franchise on. So you try and take the franchise that we've covered, that we put all the energy into, that we've learned all about, and then we get to like throw it at that people, that the people who didn't see it. And Seed of each Chucky. Episode, <laughs> Texas Chainsaw number four. If we had to watch Seed, so do they. (laughs) I know, that's all (laughs) I We might not end up doing this, but I'm just contemplating it because I think it'd be fun. We'd all just sit around and watch one film, basically. And we wouldn't do it how we normally do, tearing it apart scene by scene because we've already done that. We'll just then get into how does that work for people who haven't been involved with that franchise Um, and try it out so we can share some of our knowledge and passions and hates and disappointments. (laughs) Those are passions. Keep tuned to find out what happens. You can head on over to wearegeeks.com, wearegeeks.com. And that's where you can then uh, patch on out to our iTunes where you can subscribe. Please do subscribe. Please do uh, like and share. It really does help us. We do all this for free and it costs money. It takes a lot of time and energy, Uh, but we love films and we love talking about them and we want to share our opinions with you guys because we're 
you know selfish like that we will not do ads <laughs> we do not get paid for this we're not doing donations this is purely for free so please sharing liking and subscribing helps us out massively and for weirdgeeks.com then you can access all that old content friday the 13th tonight on elm street uh, invasion of body snatchers the danny boyle podcast out of nowhere the star wars retrospective this one everything we're doing in the future and you can also get most weeks most tuesdays we are regular podcasts where we talk about video games and movies topically everything that's happening that week and what else can you do if you're on weirdgeeks.com then you can head over to our twitch channel we've got some cool stuff that's happening this year in 2018 there so just subscribe and be future proofed for that and if you're on weirdgeeks.com then you can email us directly or you can just type in mail at wearegeeks.com mail at wearegeeks.com ali how are we doing on that fuck you at wearegeeks.com <laughs> we need to get in contact with gabe again to set that up yeah let's set that up <laughs> what else can you do if you're on weekies.com why not hit that little black sexy icon that says we are tessellate that'll link you out to our publisher they're called we are tessellate and they're a production company run out of london la and tokyo making movies and we just made a first feature film that we're in about four weeks away from finishing called starfish and we're going to be sharing all kinds of stuff about that and then our future movies we've got a horror movie next on the cards which i'm excited about and we'll be talking about that on our regular show not on these ones so on our regular one just called geeks and also on our social media including my personal social media mr al white on all the social medias mr al white and also on the xbox if you want to play some video games with me what about you guys how can people tell you what is their favorite chucky film and why you should love seed find me on twitter alexander chard same on instagram but if you write to me on twitter i'll probably reply i won't on instagram i don't know Oh, wow, that's changed. <laughs> yeah. Yep. You've become needy. <laughs> yeah. I want you to talk to me. <laughs> and Allie. You can find me on Instagram as Allie Sue. Excellent. Thank you guys for joining us for Child's Play. We will be back next week as we start to tackle the Hellraiser series. Ha. Until then. Good luck. We're out. Geeks. Geeks.